0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the third episode of Monster Pop Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Rose Wood. Uh, Good to see you. How you doing? Um, I am joined by my my beautiful co-hosts here, Mr. Reclaim Joey. Hi, hi. And Dr. Destruction, PhD. Howdy, everyone. I just want uh, to start off the podcast by saying thank you. Thank you for the immense amount of support that we have received over the last, uh, what? Three weeks? weeks, Two weeks? Three weeks? Something like that. Uh, it's been, it's been exponential, our growth, and it's, uh, it's, we're very, very appreciative of you, so thank you for that. Um, Thank you. Yes. Big thanks. Thank you. Big thanks. Uh, if you are not already, you should check us out on the socials. We are Monster Pop Pod on every social media platform you can think of, um, if you are not already watching the YouTube videos we put out, uh, we've been putting out pretty, uh, pretty daily content, right?
1: Yeah, we've got a couple of shorts yeah. up there. Like that's our plan for YouTube is we'll put some shorts up there so you can uh, have little like digestible parts of the podcast that you can check out, so uh, specific subjects and stuff like that. So make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get those updates.
0: Yeah. So this week we uploaded both the review of the Will Osprey Michael Oka match as well as our uh our I'm hooked moments. And if you haven't watched those yet, uh just check out Monster Pop on the YouTubes. Um we also we plan on uh putting out more short form content on the uh the old tiki talkies, maybe some YouTube shorts and we'll see uh we'll see how those goes. Uh, it's kinda it's kinda hard. You know, it's kinda hard getting like clips like that for the uh the short form content socials, but We are going to try our best to provide the best content we can for you.
1: And expect a few more memes going your way,
0: too, tied to our content
1: as well. Yeah, make memes. Make fun of us. like Send us some stuff to post and retweet uh, that you guys want to do and like and uh, and stuff up in the show that you like. Let's, Let's see that stuff. We'll give you some retweets. And speaking of Twitter, we're almost at 100 followers on Twitter. We've been growing really fast and thank you so much for your support everybody if you haven't followed us go follow us share us tell your friends about us let's get the word out there because we're we i think we really have something special here and uh, we're all very 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 excited and uh, we have some really cool stuff planned we talked about it a bit last week um and yeah so
0: yeah if you uh if you haven't already uh on twitter that's where we post a lot of our um asking for questions and stuff like that we also have we have a hashtag Hashtag ask monster pop. It's a, it's a, it's a solid hashtag. I think. I think we're doing a pretty good job with it. You know.
1: I think so too. We've getting we've gotten a lot of questions. Uh- we i think twitter is probably our best platform we're we're, we're very very active on twitter every single day very. so so yeah so you'll yeah. never yeah, so you'll never uh there's never a dull moment when it comes to our twitter we also post different stuff of a uh, wrestling that we might be watching that we might not cover on the show like um last last week i was we've been i've been on this joshi kick uh it's japanese uh, old japanese uh joshi um all japan women's pro wrestling and i posted uh a match between Aja Kong and Manami Toyota. The match is fucking stellar. Their series was stellar. And I've just been on like a, like a hot kick with that right now. And me and, me and a, uh, me and a friend Davey out there have been, um, on the hot kick on that right now. So we've been watching that stuff. So I like to share that kind of thing on our Twitter. And so you guys can check it out too. And, and uh, get your, get your thoughts on maybe the match or stuff that you like, that's like it and stuff like that. But Twitter is definitely our most active platform. So you'll never there's never a dull moment there, so make sure you follow that
2: yeah, and real real quick, we also like uh kind of interacting with you guys on there too uh whenever you like respond with like some of your favorite uh matches and things like that it's always fun to get that other perspective and you know start a little bit of dialogue too
0: oh absolutely we 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 are very w- with our responses, we are extremely active on twitter, and it's uh it's great to have that conversation, you know. And we also have some like quality gifts that we post on there, dude. That gift from <laughs> from GCW last night. Oh my. Oh gosh. my
1: god. Yeah, we watched the uh, last week's GCW show, and oh my god. Yeah, we had to post a gift from it. <laughs> and you know what? Um, just to go back to the question stuff, we do have that hashtag #AskMonsterPop, but we also have an email that you can send in your questions to uh, if you have like more comprehensive. A uh, question to ask, something more in depth, uh, like a big paragraph or something that Twitter can't handle. Feel free to send us an email at monsterpoppod at gmail.com.
0: So, uh, since we, uh, we 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 covered our you know our little our little area where we plug ourselves, you know, because we had to put ourselves over. Uh, <laughs> we watched a lot of wrestling this uh, this well yesterday mostly. Um, we watched ECW. <laughs> if I die first, we watched Dynamite and we watched Rampage. And uh, so we're bringing you a little bit more variety instead of just the Aew side of things. We got we got some GCW stuff to throw in there. Um, so uh, Dr. Destruction, you want to take us into a, into a if I die first?
1: We, before you go that, yeah, before you go there. Well, we don't want to become like the Aew show. It is like mm-hmm. probably the main show that we watch, but it's we don't want to be just the main Aew show. We watch a lot of Indies. We're very much uh, into all different kinds of wrestling, uh, New Japan. You're gonna get a lot of new Japan coverage. Uh, this next coming month and because of the new japan cup and we're going to be covering that and comprehensively so uh, look forward to that and it's not just going to be the AEW show so we're excited we were we watched last week's gcw show so we're going to start with uh with our review of last week's gcw show
2: yeah and actually i would like to quickly add to that as well and there's definitely quite a bit on the calendar to watch but also like if there's something that you guys think that like we really should watch um let us know like shoot us an email put you know you know tweet tweet at us do whatever um you know definitely we want to like give you some content that you might uh be related to your interests that aren't necessarily what we're covering uh but yeah you know let's get into the gcw show so we didn't watch we watched most of it we did skip a few matches uh the opener we had jordan oliver and nick wayne versus uh dante leon and ninja mac uh this was a pretty decent fast-paced match uh ninja mac is um though he does look a little goofy with the ninja mask he is a really athletic and talented guy uh he is the one who got the pinfall he did some really cool stuff as he kind of always does in his matches uh definitely someone to watch out for if you just want to like see a nice high energy match with really nice athleticism
1: next level high flyer for sure um, I like Ninja. I like Ninja Mac a lot. Um, I'm very, very, very much into Jordan Oliver. I like Jordan Oliver a lot. I want to share with you guys what <laughs> what got me into Jordan Oliver because at first I didn't want to like him. I think he looks kind of weird, and he's uh, sometimes he doesn't wrestle um, a way that I like, but I get jordan oliver and at first i didn't get jordan oliver and i wanted to like just not like him and then i just went on this like rabbit hole one night and i was looking at jordan oliver promos and i was watching some of his matches and then i figured it out i i got it he's just like he's like a zoomer character like he's a he's like he's like justin bieber if he was a wrestler and he cuts promos like that and he has a foul mouth and he has kind of a high-pitched voice so he's like a little shit. And I am a Jordan Oliver fan, and I think that you're going to see some fucking awesome shit from him one day. Like GCW is a place where a lot, of, where a lot of guys cut their teeth, and they come up, and you can see people like in their most raw state, uh, learning and uh, getting better every single time you see them, and just growing as a wrestler. And Jordan Oliver is one of those guys that I'm telling you right now to keep your eyes on.
0: These are these are four guys I've never seen before, right? Cuz I'm I'm very new to the GCW scene. I don't know anything about it. Um but these these four were definitely they they had some uh, they had some like spark in them. they were going they're going for some crazy stuff. I uh I liked the uh the, who was the the kid? The kid like the young one. What was his name?
1: Uh Dante Leon. Um, no,
0: no. No, I think it's Nick Wayne. Oh, Nick, Wayne. Wayne.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nick Wayne. Yeah, Nick Wayne. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh he was he, I, I've never seen him before. He's very he's very small. Like he's a very small guy.
2: He's only 16. <laughs>
0: he's okay, so yeah, that yeah, I remember you guys saying that last night. And yeah, he was kind of cool. I liked him. He's got a, he's got a little uh he's got a little spark in him. Um yeah, these were this was definitely a match that I thought was I I didn't know what to expect going into it because, you know, it was my first time watching. And it was uh it was a it was cool. It was, it was like a it was like a like a Car wreck, just watching it, you know, it was, not yeah. in a bad way, in the best possible <laughs> way. Obviously,
1: GCW has the best clusterfucks, like, they're not necessarily great wrestling matches sometimes in these like multi man matches, but they're they, there's definitely something to see in every single one of them, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Um, I would like to point yeah. out something about Nick Wayne, and this is uh, this is something I've talked to Koss about before, but or to EOD bef- about before, but like, Nick Wayne is very skinny, he's small. But a lot of guys that are coming up, like I said, like they're, they're learning, they're growing as wrestlers and stuff like that. They're, they're working on their bodies. They're, they're working out and they're trying to get bigger. And over time, you'll see that. But right now they're going to look like skinny dudes. Like Will Osprey, (laughs) we talked about Will Osprey and how fucking awesome he is. And he looks great now. But, man, he posted a picture a couple weeks ago on Twitter. Oh, God, of yeah. Of, like, when he first started, he said, I didn't have a gym membership, but I was wanting to learn, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he was, he looked exactly like Nick Wayne, like a really skinny dude. Maybe skinnier. He might have been skinnier than yeah, Nick he Wayne. Looked, he looked really dorky. Yeah, he looked kind of dorky. And, like, but people got to grow. You got to come into your own and, like, learn about yourself and um, come into your own. And that's what you see in GCW. You see a lot of these skinny guys that may or may not fill out one day, but uh, – will osprey is a good example of somebody that you should you shouldn't like you shouldn't look discount people just because of like their size or something like that not exactly. you but you in general yeah
0: no no, no i get it i get it because yeah. i remember watching like early early will osprey i'm like this kid's this kid's small but like he's he's doing mm-hmm. crazy stuff so now he's the best I, in the world he really is <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that was that, and I mean,
2: I kind of want to touch a little bit on kind of what you're talking about, Jordan Oliver and the character thing, but I think it kind of ties into like this sort of consistent theme with GCW, and we'll kind of touch on it um, in some of these other matches, but uh, I will say that that particular character that he had is kind of eroded away uh, since he kind of turned babyface, and like, I think one of the things that GCW does really need to work on, and we'll talk about this is, with a couple of the we other We can talk matches. about that
1: now. I have I have a lot to say about that. I know exactly yeah, where f- you're going. Yeah, but I
2: mean, it ties like directly into one of the ones later too. Gotcha. But, um... Yeah, like, it's just that they, I don't know what it is, but, like, they're, a lot of these guys don't really commit to the character that well, or, like, outside of, like, someone like Nick Gage, who just, I mean, just has sort of this organic character going for him, but some of them, they just, they're afraid to, like, really, like, dig in their heels with it, Um and, I mean, I guess I can kind of bury the plot a bit with it with, like, Gringo Loco a little bit, is that he, um like, works the whole match as a heel when we talk about that match. But like at the end, is just like shaking hands, like cracking open a beer with his opponent. Yeah, and it's just like
1: you don't always need to be like friendly competition. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that they just need somebody to really put everything together. I think GCW is a diamond in the rough. It's the cool promotion to like right now. It really is. They're probably the they're probably the, the third most relevant company in in America right now, and they've got a lot of rough edges. And I think they're fantastic. And I don't. I wouldn't say that they need to change. Like in a way that doesn't make them GCW, but they need to. They need somewhere to to really like put it together. Like I, I would love to see them bring in a guy like Gabe Sapolsky, who just got, who just got released by WWE, who's probably one of the best bookers of all time. Very underrated dude. Like he could come in and like help guys like, like get into their characters and realize their characters and. Uh, help them with their storylines and their booking to have things make sense and be consistent. Like they need somebody to like help them put everything together. And I think they're headed that way, but they're not there yet. But that doesn't mean that the shows aren't enjoyable either. They're they're great matches, but yeah, you know, I think that's that's just probably GCW's biggest problem right now.
2: Yeah. So then we skip the next couple matches and we got back to uh, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Jimmy Lloyd. Um, now this match was definitely really fun. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd's a little, I think it's mostly just that he kind of looks a little awkward uh, when he does things, so he just kind of it is you know a little amusing seeing him do certain moves. But uh, Mike Bailey is a definitely a really good high flyer, and I think you know the that's nowhere is that better highlighted than uh close to the finish where he goes on the top rope. Um, as Jimmy Lloyd is diving from the ring, doesn't lose like a bit of balance, and then does a moonsault from the top rope onto the outside, uh, destroying some chairs and stuff like that. It was awesome. Uh, and then he wins with a sp- uh, spitting kick to Jimmy's head, and then um, I think what is a shooting uh,
1: star press again uh, on his back and wins. Uh, this was a really fun match, though. I think Speedball Mike Bailey is somebody to watch this year. I think he's about to. Ha- he's he's on the verge of his big breakout like a breakout year he's gonna people are gonna be talking about him like crazy this year already i woke up this morning and people were raving about a match uh that he had with ach who's also amazing um in a company i can't remember the name of the company so forgive me but um i can't wait to watch that match because he was amazing in this match he fucking blew me away and uh i've 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 heard of mike bailey for a long time but i've never like sat down to watch a match of his so it was really cool to watch him and uh and his reputation fits exactly what I saw. Like it didn't I didn't I wasn't let down by at all. He's very good and he's somebody to watch for sure.
0: I've I okay, so uh I didn't watch the match. I was I was not around when we were watching the match. I was making mm. some eggs. But, you know, <laughs> One thing I do know is that Mike Bailey's the homie for liking our tweet. Thanks, man. We appreciate you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I think, is he the first wrestler that's liked our tweet? That's cool. I think so. (laughs) That's cool. Hey, yo, Mike. You'll always remember our first. Yo, Mike, if you want to come on the show, man, we'd love to interview you, dude. For sure. Uh, We like your Uh, work. Yeah, that was was really good. And
2: this was an impressive showcase of particularly Mike Bailey's abilities. Um, I definitely want to see more of this guy in the future uh and then next up we had psycho clown versus gringo loco in a falls count anywhere this um
1: this match fucking ruled
2: yeah i don't think i've seen too many like luchador style falls count anywhere matches and we should see more of them (laughs) this was good
1: yeah this was really awesome i think like gringo loco is like an unsung guy in the business and he's so he's he's really good but he's another one of those guys that i think that would like really benefit from somebody like taking him under his wing and like help him realize his character and i know he's been around for a long time and you can tell he's really really good but um yeah, this, this match ruled. There's not much to say. It was bloody. It was violent. It had good wrestling. It had good psychology. It had crazy high spots. This is everything you would want in a wrestling match, straight up. And it was awesome. Uh, I was going to say, the probably coolest high spot was when uh,
2: Gringo Loco does a um, uh, camera where he is... Uh... Some move off of the top
1: of a goalpost that happened to be in the uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so the venue. Cool. So, that was sent really, off yeah. the top, yeah. That, yeah. that, this venue, it's in Dallas. I've been there before, and it's like a crazy, like, it's like a soccer, it's like a soccer, not arena, but like a soccer, indoor soccer place. And, um, yeah, dude, that, that shit is high as fuck. Like, it's really high. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's, it's crazy that he jumped from there. Like, it didn't even do it justice. I wasn't there for this show, but it didn't, uh, I I know for a fact that the camera didn't do it justice because I've been there and that shit is high up there.
0: This was my first time seeing uh, Gringo Loco, and not my first time seeing Psycho Clown. I've seen him like on like AAA and stuff, um, but I I did not uh, anticipate how good he is. Like he's really good, and I think that like they they are sending him out to what are they sending him to AAA this yeah year? yeah. Coming I think
1: on? yeah, he's going to triple. Yeah, he's going down the triple A.
0: I think seeing him in like larger promotions could be could be uh he, he might have a we 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 saw that he was a little bit older, but he might have a might have a future and just like kind of blow up a little bit because dude he has a star factor that there's a reason that we posted that gif of him smiling yeah. with the crimson mask and the light tubes. He has a star factor, and I think he could be really, really popular. <laughs>
1: Like, he, he had, like, this, like, Mick Foley-esque, like, aura as when we were watching him. And I think that it's, like, if Mick Foley was, like, updated a little bit and knew Lucha. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, like, an old school Mick Foley. Like an old school like Mick when Foley, When he was yeah. more of a heel, yeah. Yeah. A little Cactus very, Jack action. Yeah, Cactus Jack, straight yeah. up, straight up Cactus Jack style. Maybe not in the promos. I haven't seen too many El Gringo Loco promos, but I think I'm going to look some up. But... um. Yeah. There was a couple
2: promos. I think he even did one on this show, but like the audio quality was just we weren't going to either hear anything or it was just going to be really bad. Yeah. So we'll have to find some better videos out there for
1: promos. He's an excellent babyface. We've seen him as a babyface. He's an excellent heel. Uh one problem here was since it's GCW, he was super babyface last time I saw him, which was like a week ago or 2 weeks ago. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like full on heel like Talking shit to the crowd, like all stuff, off the stuff, tearing off the mask. And I get, like, maybe, like, there's that old school thing where it's like, hey, somebody's got to be be the heel, somebody's got to be the babyface. But I don't, I don't like that inconsistency. I would like to see if they want him to be heel, he should be heel because he's good at it. If they want him to be babyface, he should be babyface. And they should, and he, and he should. He, he he's good at it. He's good at both. So I would like to see um, some consistency there with the way he's booked at GCW. And uh, I'd like to see him in more prominent spots too. Yeah, and like Clown's already been a little bit more
2: um, prominently featured if you follow uh, more of like the AAA and. Uh, lucha side of things and he also was the one who picked up the win here um i guess if you know the wins and losses matter Uh, i'm not necessarily sure how much they do in gcw to be fair but
1: i don't know all i know is they hug each other and kiss each other and all sorts of shit at the end of the match and i hate that i'm like it's cool to do like you have mutual respect for each other like as a wrestler you do it every once in a while but i hate how often that kind of thing happens on the indies like not everybody has to be friends you know what i mean and it's pro wrestling the idea is you're supposed to be conveying a fight so stop fucking hugging each other. So yeah, could you imagine like if like the the
2: most popular blood feud of all time that just like ends with people like hugging and shaking hands ears. and holding yeah yeah. Uh, to be fair, Hogan vs have... Macho Man over Miss Elizabeth they just <laughs> hug and make up right
1: like, hey, brother. They just fucking <laughs> three way with Elizabeth. Oh my God. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs>
2: next uh, match so the next match we watched was uh laredo kid versus blake christian oh uh this was also very good uh laredo kid um is also like a kind of a uh how long has he been around but he's he's very good he's already kind of recognized for that skill blake christian was a guy who was in nxt for a bit um i can't remember his name in there off the top of my head but uh we saw him for the first time i think in the uh, hammerstein ballroom show and we were really impressed with his match with Leo Rush. And we were really impressed with him here again. Uh, these two did a incredible match. Um lot, again, very intense throughout the entire thing. Lots of cool high spots. Really
0: good match. Oh, it was it was so good. It was so good. I was I I had just gotten back and I had finally, you know, eaten. I was getting my getting my uh my my wind back, right? And Dude, coming in to watch that match was incredible. Um I I've never seen Blake Christian before. I've seen Laredo Kid. I don't know where I've seen him. He just looked really really familiar. Um, He's been
1: He was on He was on uh wasn't he on All In? Was he on He was He was they've brought him in a couple he times. He was He was in He was in All He was in AEW at, in the early days.
0: Mhm. That's probably where I saw him. Um but but seeing this this uh Blake Christian kid Wow. 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 He uh he was he's really good. He's really clean. He's really he does a lot of really cool high spots. His finisher was nuts. And yeah, dude, this was an amazing match. It was so good. So good.
1: Yeah. There was one crazy part that we had to fucking rewind like five times. Yeah. <laughs> when Oh, is it like the It was, was it like a hurricane rock? It, it was a like... belly to no, it was a belly to back. It was a belly to oh, back yeah. moonsault. Yeah, and, but but yeah, they were like, like they were they were in like a position for like a German suplex on the top fucking rope, and they did mm. a moonsault together, and then Laredo Kid landed on top of Blake Christian, like crushing him, Crushed and it looked he was all folded, it looked, off. yeah, folded. and his, he didn't get his feet out. And I, it's fine. That's kind of the sloppiness that I love in wrestling. He didn't get his feet out; they were kind of under him, and he just looked—he just folded up like an accordion, like forward, oh. and it was <laughs> fucking brutal. And it was so cool. And uh, yeah, we love that shit. And his his finish—it was just like it was like a different take on the double arm DDT, and it just looked way more devastating and looked just so good. It was the match was awesome. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. So far, the show was just really, really good from what we watched from, from what we watched yeah <laughs> i mean i can't really
2: comment on the matches we did not watch uh and then that takes us to the main event of a uh, dr wagner jr versus joey Janella. um i hadn't personally seen dr wagner before i know he's um kind of like a legend in like the lucha scene he's 56 years old um honestly did not work like a 56 year old man worked you know, very well, very good guy, and I definitely, you know, knowing that he's this old, definitely want to go back and watch some of those older tapes. Um, Joey Janela was great, had, like, an awesome crimson mask for, like, most of the match. Uh, they did all kinds of stuff. Unprotected chair shots, crazy moves to the outside. Um, early on, Joey Janela did this dive that Wagner just didn't catch him, and he just goes flying through the front row. No um, the one, the, you know, the crowd had cleared, but... Yeah. Yeah, this was really good um just kind of like a classic match it was a little slow at first when they kind of just spent like the first like 10 minutes just flipping each other off but once they actually got into the the moves it was really it was a really good match
1: i i i loved um how methodical and slow the match was at the beginning dr wagner jr is incredible and i'll be honest with you as a student of the game I have never really watched a Dr. Wagner Jr. match. I've watched lots of Lucha, but I've never seen Dr. Wagner Jr. I've always known he existed. He's just like a blind spot for me. And he was incredible. Just incredible. And I was just like realizing like uh, just how smart and how good of a wrestler he is. And I was just realizing like man, like this guy is so good. He's been around since like the 80s, like the late 80s. And I've never seen one of his matches, and it just kind of made me realize how much great wrestling is there is out there that I'm just never ever going to see just because I just don't know it exists, you know mm-hmm. and uh, 100%. but he's awesome i mean i also I'm definitely gonna go back and watch some of his stuff and uh he's um they worked super, super slow at the very beginning uh they took their time they like you said, they gave each other middle fingers, they worked the crowd, like he knew all the he knew all the freaking points of like to to stop and 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 take things in and it was never boring like sometimes you watch a match and it starts off really slow and it's kind of boring and you're like oh they're they're gonna go for a while you know and it's not bad it's just slow this i was i was hooked from the fucking get-go like from the very opening spot i was i was hooked They took their time, and they built up, and they did crazy shit towards the middle, and they did even crazier shit towards the end, and it was, like, perfectly built. Like, another freaking thumbs up, man. And Janelle's pretty underrated. You can tell he's, like, trying to, like, he's working out, he's, he's, he's getting in great shape, he looks great, like, looks like a cross between Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels, and, um, you can tell they trust him a lot to put him in matches with a with a guy like Doctor Wagner Jr. and they fucking killed it. They were awesome.
0: This match, yeah, this match was uh, insane. Um, I didn't know what to expect going into it because I've never really I, I've seen a few Joey Janela matches. I was never impressed, but it was it was early on. Um, so so going into it, I wasn't I wasn't too sure what to expect. The build was really really good. Um, the, they they had the crowd just in the palm of their hands. It was incredible. Um, and then the high spots, dude. The 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 dive to the outside, on just into the chairs, breaking the chairs. Um, the the different. They, they decided to you know go go full construction mode on some doors <laughs> and and the the building the the chairs with the cha- with the with the um what was it the legs sticking up yeah and them ju- and and Joey just crashing through them yeah oh that was that was really cool it was a really cool visual and there was just a lot of storytelling in the beginning and just it was it was really good it was a, and it was a great match
1: it was violent the blood mm-hmm. oh my god i love blood and wrestling love it and there was yeah, so was really much blood Janello was literally like wearing just a red mask. And there was like mm-hmm. crazy parts where like, and he knew he's really good. And this is where I wish GCW's production was a little bit better. Cause in like a in in a bigger company, you would zoom into some of these moments, like into their face, mm-hmm. right? And um, you would get shots of like really close-up shots. That's the moneymaker, right? Those your face sells tickets in pro wrestling. And there were parts where he was so soaked in blood on his face and he just had this like nuts like look on his face and he made his eyes really big and mm-hmm. it was just red and you just saw the whites of his eyes and it looked just fucking crazy
0: it looked so yeah good if we had a zoom in on that
1: oh dude. my god it would have been iconic oh, it would straight up iconic and man there was that awesome uh dive he did to the outside and dr wagner jr just freaking like walked away and like just swatted him away and janella went straight into the freaking chairs into the crowd and just mm-hmm. crashed hard and it was yeah. so badass like you never see shit like that because like most companies they have like a barricade or something like that to stop them gcw uh and especially in their smaller uh, shows they have no barricade and so J- janella went straight out into the chairs and i can confirm that shit is insane whenever it happens to you in front of you. I have some crazy videos from the last show I went to and uh GCW show I went to in Dallas. It was, I do just, have
2: a question about that. For sure. Um, did they have you to sign any disclosure or anything that like, Hey, you, you know, you
1: know, it's funny. Fuck. No, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't care. And like, and like, um, and that's whatever, you know, it's a very punk rock scene. Like it's, it's very, it's a very punk rock kind of show. And, um, light tubes it doesn't even fucking matter there was a shit ton of light tubes at the show i went to oh, i'm sure and there was blood everywhere and like people's seats getting fucked up i remember Schlag bleeding all over the chair the person's uh chair in front of us like all his blood like Ugh. pulled into the chair it was crazy and uh <laughs> davy was like losing his lunch <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but it was crazy but like, at the very end of the show they had a they had an ultra violent championship match and um they started off immediately it was so shocking that like they just they they went went crazy they shot they they started immediately and they fucking he swung a light tube and the glass hit the guy and it broke and glass went straight into my face like they did not care but did but but to their credit brett lauderdale did come out to um to like make sure everybody was okay he was like trying to like (laughs) hold the crowd back i was like why even bother but it's to his credit he (laughs) did that shit and he was out there in the trenches like uh trying to make sure everybody was all right and stuff like that (laughs) those those matches they do not give a fuck so if you go to a gcw show and you sit front row you have to just expect what's going to happen your shit's going to get your stuff's going to get fucked up my t-shirt went flying across the freaking uh, room (laughs) and then somebody was like whose shirt is this i was like yo it's mine and he had to bring me my shirt over here so luckily i got my shirts back (laughs) but um yeah, you can expect your chair to get fucked up. You might have to stand up a little bit during some matches, but you'll be so pumped up. Like, the, the, There's so much energy at those shows. Like I said, it's like a very punk rock atmosphere. There's so much energy. You're fucking yelling your head off. You're a very active fan, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun to go to those shows. But no, no, yeah. they didn't make a sign of release. Hmm.
2: No? <laughs> Interesting.
1: But uh, yeah, so this was, um, and we'll talk about this more
2: uh, as we move on to the next show, but uh, this was a good week for Blood and wrestling. Um, but of course, you know, it's GCW, so two guys who, you know, like, kill each other, you know, hug and make up at the end, so, uh, that, that was that. Good match, but again, like, just that tiny little thing that GCW, I hope, just kind of abandons over time.
1: Yeah, I would just, I would like to see more continuity, you know, like, um, like a fucking comic book or a movie or something like that. I want to see, like, stuff more, make more sense, because I think it helps you, like, People bond with those characters. Like you can't say mm-hmm. that they don't, you know. People really love uh the characters, especially like a Nick Gage, you know. We love them. I love Nick Gage. But I would love to see like more consistency in their storytelling because that I want to see that character go through their their adversity and I wanna see that character triumph over their adversity. I wanna see it, but sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. And uh, I think they need a lot of cleanup there. And I think they could. They need to bring somebody in, I think. I guess it's time for AEW now? Dynamite? Yeah, unless Brozway has let's anything do. to add to that.
0: Uh no, yeah, let's let's get into AEW.
2: Alright. Alright, so uh AEW Dynamite, uh, February 9th, twenty twenty two. Uh so the show starts off with um the pinnacle coming to the ring. First Wardlow comes in with some MJF cutouts, including the uh um choke that he put on CM Punk last week with the tape and whatnot. Uh the crowd boos him uh he comes out to no music and then um he gives um crap justin roberts right is the ring announcer yeah yes. yeah yeah it gives him the uh sheet like go through with, like all these over-the-top introductions for everyone in the pinnacle then mjf comes out on a uh pallet um accompanying, you know, he's doing the little royalty wave um if you ever see like the queen of england you know in a car it's the exact same thing <laughs> and he's flipping he his wallet <laughs> yeah <laughs> he hits the ring he's got a a couple chicks with him. One kisses him on the cheek, and the other he just, like, makes out with for, like, a whole minute. Um, <laughs> that was nuts. Those chicks were hot, too.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, let's well, not beat around the point. They were. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so then, you know, they kind of go in. He, um, I kind of thought about this as he was cutting his promo about how, you know, how great he is. He runs down everyone in the company. Or not everyone. He runs down all the top guys. And says that he's better than him. And it's, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week with Dan Lambert as, like, the heel who kind of makes good points. And it's sort of this common trope. MJF, it's not necessarily that he doesn't make any good points, but he's the heel that gaslights. (laughs) He stretches the truth. He lies a bit. You know, like, he has obviously lost matches, and he's lost matches clean, but he always says he's undefeated. All this stuff, and I think it really like just helps build this character. It's just like this really detestable heel.
1: He makes he makes up excuses in a good way, and like it 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 works. Like you know, they threw out the first match last week, and he pinned him again. So then he runs with the like I beat CM Punk twice in one night yeah. in <laughs> Chicago. He
0: he he has to reiterate that it was twice. You know, he has to he has to make that point, make sure it's known that he beat CM Punk twice in Chicago which was great heel work the crowd ate it up they were pissed they were booing they were screaming shut the fuck up it was it was so good um (laughs) mjf is just is just so solid and and it's i never gave him enough credit until i started watching again that how about how like really really good he is because like i always knew it you know i always knew he was good when i first started like seeing him you know AEW all out stuff like like you know two years ago around there and just seeing how much he's uh he's just like how how much better he's gotten now is really cool to see um but yeah this was this his promo was great and uh i think uh uh punk comes out right yeah
2: yeah but another quick highlight before punk comes out is he says he wants to thank the guy who helped him win And obviously, you know, the crowd's chanting Wardlow. Wardlow's kind of, like, you know, stepping up. Like, clearly, you know, he's no longer that comfortable with this group. He's like, all right, you know, I'll I'll accept my, you know, good graces and whatnot. And then MJF's like, Sean Spears, because he helped warm me up for this match. Uh, They both just, you know, muck it up and whatnot. And then CM Punk comes out, of course. Uh, Calls him out, says that, you know, he wants a rematch against the guy who beat him in Chicago, Wardlow. Uh, and then he also comes out with Darby and Sting, and this, of course, leads to later on where MJF says that, you know, he, if you want your
1: rematch, you need to beat FTR, but not with Darby or Sting. So we have a mystery opponent for later in the night. Um, I like this whole thing. Like I, like you were saying, MJF was uh, was fantastic. I think that it was very much like uh, teetering on, like, a WWE-style, like, opening promo with... Uh, with the silly stuff on the on the 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 screens and stuff like that, I'm not really I don't really like a lot of that stuff. But MJF is phenomenal, so he kind of carried this this segment. Um, I do like the stuff that they're doing with Wardlow, with him, you know, being very unsure, being uncomfortable. You see him just he's doing a really good job with his facial expressions, like fantastic. He's conveying a story without saying a fucking word. You know he's getting upset you know he's getting fed up with with mjs bullshit and that's gonna that shit's gonna hit the fan uh in the story and it's gonna be really awesome i'm excited to see that for sure and it's really
2: nuanced too right and i think that's a kind of the thing that would separate this from like a traditional wwe segment right is when he you know helped mjf in chicago last week that would cement that like yeah this guy's maybe he's not always going to be a heel but he's gonna be a heel for the the foreseeable future for a long time whereas here it's a lot more nuanced and the crowd like clearly is behind him and buys into that and i think that's just something that like is definitely lost with the other promotion and it's nice seeing that it you know it can be there's a place for nuance in wrestling
1: there absolutely is a place for nuance there's there's absolutely a place for it and i i lo- and like you said this it's it's perfect for this story i love that wardlow probably wouldn't put up with this shit if the idea wasn't that mjf was paying him mjf's paying him right yeah he has like contract. It's, it's like it's a yeah it's, it's he's an employee he's doing what's right by his family by helping mjf and at this point you know he was all on board with it he's having fun with his job but right now he's hating his boss and you can fucking tell like you're getting that dynamic right now Uh, And then before the next match, you have uh, Andrade
2: backstage with Sting and Darby, where he, you know, wants to buy Darby off Sting, he gets rejected. Uh, And then that leads into the revelation that, you know, I mean, obviously, we kind of knew that Darby wanted the TNT championship, but then Andrade says, you know, "We're, we're the same, you want to be TNT champion, but I'm the next TNT champion. And I just wrote in my notes, dear God, I hope he's right.
1: Yeah, like fuck, man. Like what the fuck? <laughs> he's one of the best wrestlers on the entire AEW roster. Can we get him in some fucking matches, please? Like what the fuck? And I am so I'm so sick of this shit where he's like going up to Sting trying to buy Darby, like haha, whatever. And I guess like people think it's funny that he calls Mr. Sting Mr. Stink and shit like that and like ha-ha, cute, ha ah, ha, hearty ha ha. Can we get one of the best wrestlers in the world fucking in the ring already? What the fuck? Sorry. That's my rant.
0: It's a solid rant and solid points, dude. Andrade is insane. He's so good, and it's just—it's just having this this whole uh, Mister Stink thing is—is just.
2: It just needs to like kind of run its course, right? I'm fine with it, but it's just kind of like, all right,
1: you're turned down,
2: feud with them, whatever. You know, just let's let's get matches out of this.
1: Yeah, and uh, don't get me started on him being associated with the worst thing in aew which is the hardy family <laughs> office shit. it's
2: it's the uh andrade hardy family office oh right change the graphics.
1: it's so it's too much i love a good dog and pony show in pro wrestling but it it's this is too much of a dog and pony show it's too much it, it's 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 like there's too much to follow there's too much to keep up with like it and, it and it doesn't work there's not enough good dynamic between the people that are in the hardy family office and uh, Andrade doesn't fit that either. So,
2: and speaking of the uh, HFO or AHFO, now we have Blade versus Wardlow. Uh, now I know Brose has some thoughts about this.
0: Eh, I don't like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was just kind of there. Uh, this was a you know it was kind of long. Uh, uh, Wardlow was selling a bit after an early attack by Blade, but he ultimately you know he has the multiple power bomb thing wins, and life goes on. <laughs>
1: I like it. I mean I, I mean, I like Wardlow. I think he's fine. Um, I think uh, Butcher and the Blade are underutilized in just just the weird. I don't know what's going on with that. Like, they're doing the Hardy Family Office thing. They're kind of hired thugs already, but they're not. Yeah. They're they're not uh, like. There's no, what's the word for it? They're not credible. <laughs> they're they're not they're not a threat, and they should be. I would they, like they could totally be like a new age version of like the APA where people hire them. I, did we talk about this before? Sure. I feel like we did talk about this I think before. we did, yeah. But yeah, yeah. people, I'm going to say it again. They should, people like, <laughs> like wrestlers should hire them. You, they play that fucking awesome music and they walk down looking like like badasses and assholes and beat the shit out of somebody. And that's all they need to fucking be to get over. It. And like, they just, they're just jobbing and they're doing weird shit. They look cool, then they job out and it's, oh, I fucking hate it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs>
2: uh yeah, so then uh we get a quick little vignette with uh Penta, um which might be teasing like Penta Dark and Alexander Huntes like narrates the whole thing. Uh I thought it was a really cool um it was I like the way it was shot and everything. Um this is all following up from the uh him, Penta getting hit with the black mist um in his match against the House of Black or whatever we want to call that group. <laughs> um a couple weeks ago or last week rather and uh yeah, so that's that's on the horizon, I guess.
1: I like that. I think, um, I love Penta. I think he's fantastic. Uh, it's great. The Lucha brothers are awesome as a tag team, but coming into AEW, Pinta was one of the top singles wrestlers in the world. Yeah. He's been a top guy. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a top guy everywhere except AEW. And he's, he's amazing. The Penta dark character is going to, it w- will be really, really cool to see him more ruthless, uh, doing less silly stuff. And, um, I, very excited about this. I've been wanting this from Penta for a while in AEW.
0: Uh watching Penta in like Lucha Underground mm-hmm. uh, that, that's like that's like some highlighted like memories I have from like when I first started getting back into wrestling. So, I think uh Penta Dark is going to be really uh really nice uh change of pace, little uh little uh little new dynamic that he brings to the uh That's yeah, all spice. The, yeah, exactly
1: yeah very excited about that that's not much more to say about that because we got to wait and see what they do with it so yeah, yeah. Yep. but very excited about the possibilities here especially with alex abrahantes as his uh as his mouthpiece like he does a good job and so yeah he's great I mean, especially yeah. when they started mm-hmm. I've, I've
2: loved alex abrahantes in this role yeah
1: so I, th- I think they got something good here
2: uh next up is the inner circle meeting uh Jericho, Hager, and Sammy come out to Judas. A bunch of Marks in the crowd sing, of course. Uh, Santana and Ortiz come out late, um, because that's what the meeting's about. Uh, And then we get a a bit of a dueling promo between Santana and Jericho, uh, where they kind of like run each other down. Basically, the whole stance for proud and powerful or Santana and Ortiz, whatever you want to call the group, is that they feel that Jericho and the Inner Circle have sort of hijacked all of their opportunities over the past year. And uh, Jericho just doesn't agree um probably the highlight of his uh, promo was that he said that he in- maybe invited the wrong two members of lax oh that was and awesome. calls out uh homicide and hernandez <laughs> <laughs> uh the crowd didn't seem super into the promo but I-, I thought it was pretty good i think um santana and ortiz uh, santana was the one on the mic for the most part but i think there's just something really authentic about the way they cut a promo it feels very real um jarek was obviously good um sammy when he interjected is a uh, not good at cutting Mm -hmm. promos, um, very flat. Uh, I I don't know. He needs to figure out a character. That was awful. Yeah. The whole,
1: the segment as a whole is pretty good. I'm glad to see the inner circle fucking falling apart. I'm glad to see Santana and Ortiz cutting promos and being serious and hopefully we'll get something serious out of them. Uh, the Jericho lines were fucking awesome about LAX. And then he's like, hey Hager, you have Homicide and Hernandez's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that was awesome. And I would, I would, I hope they bring in Homicide and Hernandez. Holy shit. I think they're great. Yeah, we had
2: Homicide for that like one off.
1: Yeah, we did have him in New York. And uh uh Sammy, this his part sucked. His character doesn't like he's, he sucked ass. That sucked ass. He never he didn't. He was, like you said, he was really, like, flat, but also, like, he's a, he's like a super baby face, and he pouted, and he's like, if you guys are gonna fight, I'm gonna leave. You guys figure it out. I'm quit. Because he quit the inner circle before, and it, like, I'm sorry, that, like, a, a quitting baby face? Mm-mm. Fuck that. That's Yeah, sucked. it's just a baby
2: face that runs from adversity at every corner. It's, yeah, that, yeah. It's not
1: good. Yeah, hiding from his fucking problems? That sucks. Sucked Sucked ass. So. I think
0: Jericho was really good here, but yeah, definitely Sammy kind of put like a sour note in there, just like, eh, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't good, just wasn't good. Um, I think Santana is, is really like underrated on the mic, like he, I felt <laughs> like he was, yeah. like he was real about the shit he was saying, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was solid from, from Santana and Jericho, and you know, Sammy was there.
1: He's good. He cut some promos. Santana cut some promos early on uh on AEW and they were very good and they haven't really given him a whole lot of opportunity to talk since then. He had some good promos on their feud with FTR, but they also was just they were just, it's always about you know where we're from, you know where we're from like we got it. Like yeah. we get it you're from you're from the streets. We got it. We understand. You're from New York. <laughs> we get it. And it's his promos are always very much like about the same thing but he 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 did have something real to talk about there might be some real frustration here uh between jericho and and and, uh and santana and ortiz like there might be some, like they might be frustrated that they're not being used well or something like that and um they do kind of focus on jericho's feuds and stuff and he's probably having fun but you know i i would i think i think putting a focus on making them strong that's gonna be good i think this will tie into what we're talking about here in a few in a minute or so, but they're probably going to be building more tag teams uh, pretty strong, mm-hmm. not just for the titles, but I think they're probably going to be bringing a special tag team in really soon, uh, two special tag teams in really soon. So I think their tag team division has a really big opportunity to be very, very strong very, very soon if it wasn't strong already.
2: For sure. And
1: uh, this all leads to um, we're getting Santana
2: and Ortiz versus Jericho and Hager next week. So it looks like the inner circle is probably nearing its end. And I was kind of left thinking like Hager is probably fucked if this group ends, right?
1: Well, he's going to have a he's going to have a match. So but after this match, like I don't think he's really got anything going for him. He doesn't. But I do think that he has potential if he's put in the right position and he can. I think he could pull something off, but we'll see. We will see. I don't I don't have high hopes, but I do think that he could if he wanted to. Fair enough.
2: Then we ha- cut to another uh, backstage segment with the Bucks and Rapungy Vice and of course Switchblade Jay White walks through the Fridman door and helps them beat up uh, Rapungi Vice
1: Fucking Im- uh, a badass
0: <laughs> Jay
1: White's one of the best in the world. Fucking so glad to see him on American TV. I
0: 100% agree
1: i was gonna say real
2: quick um so like this was like sort of a last minute addition to the show from what we understand because of like a slight gaffe in how he defined the forbidden door And he's like oh i need an actual forbidden door guy He's like announced one and i just have to say like the fact that tony khan's willing to do that like correct that mistake basically just speaks like really volumes for like the his interest in putting on a good product and like living up to fans expectations and whatnot and it's really refreshing with the way that like a lot of other companies treat their fans you feel
1: respected as a fan exactly yeah yeah straight up I think uh like yeah jay white being here like awesome I know people say like bullet club is cooled off and stuff like that and they might have in certain ways but I think they're still good and they still have really good wrestlers I think uh el phantasmo's probably over in new japan he's probably my he's my favorite up-and-comer either him or hook are my favorite up-and-comers yeah. um In the entire wrestling business, he's he's phenomenal. Like he's not only really talented, but he's got charisma. He's like oozing charisma. He's like the next, he's like Kenny Omega level, and he's on his way. And uh, I people like that the evil stuff. People have things to say about that, but I love that old Memphis dog and pony show stuff. And (laughs) so some of that stuff is really fun to me to watch. And um, I still think Bullet Club has a lot going for them, even if they're not at their peak that they were. Uh, with Kenny and stuff, so, but, in Jay White being on American TV only shows how fucking cool they are. Well, yeah, and especially I mean he's been on
2: Impact, but like That's true, actually but... generates some buzz, right? Right, exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, and, th- and then next up, our big debut um, for the uh, was a face of the Revolution ladder match. We have Isaiah Cassidy versus the debuting
1: Keith Lee. What did you think about this, Brose? <laughs>
0: Uh, it was a it was a good match, you know? Uh I I think uh, I I haven't seen too much Keith Lee. Like I saw him a little bit in and uh, in, uh, in uh NXT, but I hadn't I had kind of stopped watching uh after after a, a while. And um I've never I've never really um watched too much of him, but it was a it was a solid match. He uh he he looks Different, you know, uh, he he doesn't look as uh maybe it's it, it's 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 weird a fat guy calling a fat guy fat, but he looks bigger <laughs> than he was. He does in, look bigger, yeah. In WWE, he looks a lot bigger. Um, but Isaiah Cassie, he dude, that kid's crazy. He does some crazy stuff. I really like him. Uh, I really like Private Party in general. So, um, the finish of the match, well, after the match with the uh, with the power bomb onto uh Mark Quinn was really
2: he powerbonded Mark Quinn into us yeah, yeah yeah flip it reverse <laughs> it
0: um yeah that was that was really it was cool uh cool to see but yeah it was it was it was cool it was good it was all right
2: <laughs> we'd also be remiss not to talk about the first big spot so like I mean obviously like Keith Lee's like really over with this crowd he was a really popular guy who never really got his a fair shake on the main roster um and man, they must if, if any of if anyone in WWE was watching this they have to feel like They completely just missed the ball, right? But the first thing, um, Isaiah goes in and Keith Lee does this hip toss, and he goes flying like 10 feet into the air. Um, Isaiah is like the the unsung hero of this match. Uh, Mark went a little bit too. He was on the outside and took a little bit of punishment too, but like he just sold his ass off, made Keith Lee look like a complete monster. Um, Slight little story tie-in was Matt Hardy does walk out on private party during the match when it's clear that this is a glorified squash match. Uh, And then, obviously, Keith Keith Lee wins.
1: Listen, Keith Lee, he's really good. And people, there were people online I saw that were complaining that he's not a top star because Tony Khan said he was going to be a top star. But, fucking listen, I hate tribalism. I think it's the fucking worst shit in the world. I hate not only tribalism, but fanaticism. When, like, you're so much of a fan, an apologetic fan, that you defend this faceless corporation that fires their employees during a fucking and during a fucking pandemic that takes Saudi blood money to run shows for obscene amounts of money. Like just this fucking faceless corporation and you fucking die on the sword for them. And then say somebody like Keith Lee's not a fucking star. And listen, when the booker thinks that this guy's a fucking star brings in the star and then fucking presents him like a star and then he and then Keith Lee takes the ball and runs with it guess what this motherfucker is a big star and he was he came off like a big star people were really into it the way he threw Isaiah Isaiah was awesome in this match and they have something really great here with Keith Lee and hopefully and just it's 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 insane that they wanted him to be Mr Mr Bearcat and yeah. wear a gladiator <laughs> uniform in fucking WWE what the fuck like, holy shit, how do you fuck that up? Do you see what this guy can do? It's so easy to write for him. And when you put, but when you, that's the thing is you put people in positions to succeed. So when you put a guy like Keith Lee there, guess what? He's a top talent, period. You present him like that and that's what he's going to be. That's wrestling. You, It's it's not fucking real. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> you create these characters and you tell their stories and you, 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 you you treat the characters with respect and then guess what you guess what you get. You get fucking stars. It's really not that difficult and um, good for them for picking him up. And as far as like private party goes, like I, like I said, Isaiah was awesome. Uh, Matt Hardy walked out. It's so obvious to me that they're bringing in Jeff Hardy. There's going to be a fucking Hardy boys reunion. And it's very clearly leading to a private party versus Hardy boys uh, feud. And holy shit, this could be great because this is something that private party needs they need veterans to work with people that are really good that they can learn from and also people with star power which the hardy boys have to present them like i said as a star and this is something that the private party really 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 needs and this is why i was saying like i think they're going to be building up a lot of tag teams because you were going to see a lot of hardy boys versus uh, so-and-so dream matches coming up. you see a ton of dream matches. We're going to see a ton of that stuff. And I'm pretty sure they're like, they've got to be bringing in the Briscoes, right? We've been hearing this for a while. They've got to be bringing in the Briscoes. We want these dream matches. The Briscoes are probably one of the, probably the top three best tag teams in the world. And um, they're, they have a license to print money and I would love to see them in the AEW as well. They could have, they're going to have a red hot tag division. And this is exactly what private party needs. And I also love the idea that the- it's not for a championship. They can have a long-standing feud. They can have multiple rematches. They can have it, it'll be it could be so good for them, and for the and for the Hardy Boys, like to have this resurgence. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it'll be so good. That's where I see this going.
2: Yeah, it was always in AEW's mission statement to sort of present tag teams at like sort of that main event level, and you know I think they've somewhat wavered from that at times. Um, Definitely now, I don't think they're quite at that level, but uh, you can slowly tell there's an intention to build up to that point. And we have so many great teams already there, or our free agents that we can really build an awesome division with.
1: And their 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 tag division is already really strong. The tag yeah. matches are always exciting um, over there, and um, I think I think it's the, they're, it's about to fucking hit all it's all like about to hit the pedal, you know? They're about to mm-hmm. fucking hit the gas on this and. Go full speed ahead.
2: And oh, yeah. speaking of tag teams, uh, we that next to the next match. FTR versus CM Punk and his mystery partner, John Moxley. Um Mox gets a huge pop when he comes out. Um I love this brief bit when he's uh like walking to the ring and like Tully is just like kind of cowering from him and he just like does this little bow of respect to him. Uh Punk looks all excited to have him as his partner. Uh, and this was just a really, this was like a fun kind of classic AEW tag match, right? Just a lot of like you know great spots between you know four awesome competitors all around. Uh, there were some cool bits. Uh, John Moxa got a cool uh, hot tag where he uh, it ends with like him doing a double DDT on both members of FTR. Uh, him and Punk hit a Doomsday Device on FTR. FTR hits the big rig. They do all their stuff, uh, and then uh, we get a couple. Uh, double team match uh, moves where we get a, a uh, rear naked choke and anaconda vice, and then the finish is the GTS and paradigm shift at the same time. We also got a, a punk GTS Tully. This was just a really good and fun match. Oh, uh, the Tully I, the Tully spot was
1: good. Oh, go ahead.
0: Good yeah i was I was actually about to talk about uh the Tully yeah. spot that was my that was my favorite part of the match dude. <laughs> it was good uh they str- he struggled getting up but you know Tully's like what in his in late sixties like oh gosh yeah he's old it was <laughs> it was cool t- to see him actually take the move it was it was, it was really cool um but well, think- it wasn't
2: sad like when uh Arn takes half the bumps that he <laughs> oh my god he like, <laughs> like he like
1: trips and falls yeah, yeah. Like, dude Tully, t- they had a six man tag like a few months ago and Tully was in the match and he looked he looked great like he did his shit oh, yeah. it was awesome Tully's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: 68 yeah eight yeah and that's 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 commitment right there that's that's really <laughs> that's really something to witness honestly um <laughs> and then the uh the finish was really it was it was a, it was cool to see the the paradigm shift and the uh and the uh gts uh, at the same time and the in sync it was really i don't know it was was good it was good it was a fun match it was it was fun to see
2: yeah and throughout this match you kind of like you cut back a couple times to mjf and sean spears watching it and like they have some great reactions um to when mox comes out to when
1: they win it's it's great yeah it was good stuff um very fun match the tag matches like this when they just like they're like let's just throw some tag teams together or let's just throw that let's just do this like they're so they feel like a party like they feel like mm-hmm. they feel like a celebration just a lot of fun uh like 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 that match like when uh CM Punk teamed with Steven Sting and Darby and he dressed up like old school Sting and like shit like that like that shit just they have fun and it serves the story and it's, fanservice. it's good shit it is fan service but it's like done the right way it's good yeah. shit it's so fun like I have a blast watching those tag matches and we get all out and yelling and goofing off and telling stories and all sorts of stuff One day we'll have that up. One day we'll be doing those live reactions on Twitch and stuff. So make sure you follow us.
2: Yeah, that'll be fun.
1: Oh yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun watching that.
2: All right, I think that's about covers it for that match. Again, really good. Uh, Definitely, just a fun little party. But uh, next up, we have the TBS Championship match: Jade Cargill versus the uh, debuting AQA. she was I guess an NXT. She's trained by Booker T. I don't remember her in NXT. The only thing I know because people kept pointing this out was that she pinned Tony Storm at one point. So clearly must have saw something in her briefly uh in NXT. And she was she was pretty good in this match. I think she cut a pretty good promo at the start of it. Showed, you know, kind mm-hmm. of I thought she was a good. passion yeah. and
1: hunger. They signed her. Uh, they signed her out of this match. Yeah, yeah, they did sign. Yeah, her. they sure did. That's awesome. Good for her. I thought she was fun. I thought she was good. Um it was a whatever match, but Jade's
2: improving. But again, you know, she's still she's still green, and that's fine. Um, this was uh, I'm just it's gonna, interesting to see what's going. I'm just
1: going to say it. It was bad. Jade sucks, and I know she's growing, and I know she's getting better. But uh, and she's got that great presence and everything, and I think she knows that. She knows that. But holy fuck, it was bad. Like, yeah,
0: it was that. Uh, that what was it? The jawbreaker. From a football. Oh yeah! That oh watch. my gosh. That dude. was hard to watch. We watched. We watched it like six times. It was hard to watch. Clearly, that. it wasn't that hard to watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It wasn't. It was, th- no, we were laughing.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: we were definitely laughing, but it was. It was for the wrong reasons. Um, but uh, I think it was a bit long. Yeah, it was kind of long. They had they had a commercial break in between, and uh, we kind of you know skipped around a bit. Um, AQ8 actually did hit that. Uh, they hit she hit a shooting star press yeah. for a two count, which is like, dude, the sh- it's a shooting star press. Come on, man. <laughs> um, but you know, AQA can go. I like her, she's 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 cool looking. She's like, yeah, I like her.
1: I like her uh, too. Jade, yeah. not so
0: much. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think Jade's got yeah, a lot of she potential. potential. She's got potential, and she's very early in her career. They kind of threw her into it. And uh, I guess from what I understand, she was like one of those, like, she liked wrestling. But she's never been in wrestling, and she's coming from, uh, I guess, uh, from modeling and all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. and that's how she got famous. And she did her WWE tryout, and you know things didn't go well there. So people saw something in her, and now she's here at AEW. And I guess she's been training with at Cody School and stuff. And she'll get—I think she'll get there. But I'm just being honest. She's her matches are fucking shitty. They're bad, and uh. <laughs> She wrestles like a giraffe on ice, uh, <laughs> I, I and I want to see her get better, because I, I like Jade. I think she's got great, she does great character work, she does great promos, I want to see her put everything together.
2: Yeah, uh, and then the next segment, we actually had two women's matches this week, um, so I guess I'll silence a few people, right? Yeah. Um- <laughs> And this was uh, Serena Deeb versus uh, Katie Arquette, uh, clearly an enhancement talent. Uh, Serena cuts a promo real quick, saying that she's going to be doing these uh, Professor's 5-Minute Rookie Challenges. Um, then she runs down Katie Arquette. Uh, they actually have a countdown of 5 minutes with- during the match. Um, she just kind of beats her up a bit, um, even like lets her get a free hold in that she just reverses and then submits her when she sees that she has a minute left. Or not a minute left, but when she sees that it's Nearing the one minute mark, um, and yeah, that was quick. Um, I, I like this gimmick for Serena. I think it's giving her some character, and I like the general intensity that she's been bringing um, forward ever since she started that feud with Hikaru Shida. Um, and Serena's really good.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was, it, was, it, it, it was a squash I mean, match. It, it was, a, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like nothing to, you know, write home about. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I, yeah, it was, it was a match. It happened. <laughs>
1: Like, cool, they're, they're building Serena Deeb. She's great. Awesome. Yeah, so, That's all it was? Yeah. That's all it's here for, and yeah. it did the job.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh,
2: and then, finally, the main event, the AEW world title match, a Texas death Match between Lance Archer and Hangman Page. Uh, this was awesome. Uh, they immediately start going off in the back, uh, like in the middle of Lance's entrance, Um uh page throws him through a window lance starts bleeding uh page then immediately hits a buckshot lariat runs they get in the ring uh, lance rolls out before you know he can get pinned uh, they you know go out on the outside for a bit lambert comes out and removes the top turnbuckle so that page can't hit the buckshot lariat uh which reminded me of this um angle i think it was from the very first time vince mcmahon wrestled steve austin where, like, Steve Austin said he would have, like, his hand tied, one hand tied behind his back. So, like, he's, like, oh, well, like, the right hand, because that was his, quote-unquote, stunner hand. I remember so that, So he couldn't yeah. actually hit the move. Uh, so it's, like, you know, one of those things, right, where it's, like, oh, like, you know, the heels, like, doing it to, like, you know, give themselves an advantage. But, like, any good babyface, you know, they overcome those odds, and they still hit the move. Uh, we get a fun spot. I'll let Brose talk about that. The Jake Roberts on the outside.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Jake Roberts hits uh hits a short arm clothesline, which was uh which was fun on the outside. And Crowd he, went bananas. He, he, they were going yeah. crazy, and he and he's like setting up for the DDT, and then Lance stops him, and I was like, oh man, I really wanted to see him hit a DDT. Yeah, <laughs> that's such uh, a good
1: heel thing. It people is. Want, yeah, people want to see him do his shit too. Like that would be cool. <laughs>
0: It is. And then um Paige, you know, Paige uh gets the gets the payoff and DDT's Archer, and that was uh you know, a fun little uh, Jake
2: flips him off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a fun little uh, little exchange on the outside, which is really cool.
2: Yeah, and then uh throughout this I can't remember I think it was with the uh the hook on the turnbuckle that Lance uh busted Hangman open. He's covered in blood, per- like just perfect crimson mask across the face. There's one time when uh, I think it's what during an Irish whip, but like Lance had like put his hand on his face and you see like the literal handprint mm-hmm. on his yeah, face. Yeah, that was nuts. Awesome visual. Crazy visual. Um He hits the uh black hole slam on Hangman on a uh, stairs on the outside. He literally bounces off of it. It looked awesome. Brutal. And then uh the finish, uh Hangman uh, took some barbed wire and like, while Lance was picking him up and like dazes him with it and then he goes for the buckshot after he drops the barbed wire and the ref bends over he literally like rolls over the ref and hits the buckshot lariat on the outside Mm -hmm. awesome spot awesome Awesome spot spot. awesome match just really like a classic hardcore match and at the end of this um adam cole comes down and just gives the belt to hangman so you're kind of leaning into sort of this like mind games type thing i think with him where he's you know even with the bucks where he's kind of you know being a little passive aggressive on certain things, kind of withholding secrets and stuff like that. So he seemed to be set up for, um, if not the next challenge or a future challenge, but the match itself was really good.
1: Yeah. Hangman's having nothing but bangers as and his, his title matches. This was like, after this match, like Hangman's felt great. Like it's, he's, we, we loved that he, he became champion. Everybody was excited about that. We've talked about the chase, how people can start losing interest in the chase Uh, he had great matches with brian danielson but he really hasn't felt like his reign was like taking off and after this match i feel like it's this was like the first night where i feel like yeah okay now we're now we're moving now we're going now we're headed in that direction like it was great it was just great lance did his job perfectly he was so good lance is super underrated he's he's super underrated he's very good and you know what man like he's in like a great spot and like you hear like the like the mark thing that people say is like oh if you don't want to be champion why you're here it's like like champion isn't everything and there's wrestlers that are great like look at jake roberts and he made his money Mm -hmm. and he was great and he was the guy that people would feud with before they got the hulk hogan and there's there's spots for those guys in wrestling you don't always have to be champion you can find your spot telling stories in another way. You don't always have to be the top guy. And Lance has a fucking amazing spot. He's like a gatekeeper. He's like the undertaker, um, you know, in, in, in like the two thousands where, you know, he's the guy that people had to go through or he's like, he's the big show. They, they can, anytime that they need somebody to come back and do and be and be a healer, or baby face, he can do it. And Lance has a very valuable spot on the roster and he doesn't need to be the, a champion or anything like that, but boy, you believe he could be, like.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, one one spot that we didn't talk about that really, really it was it was an eye catching spot was the fork. He was just stabbing. Oh, yeah. oh my god, the fork. <laughs> just stabbing Paige in the forehead, and then he licks the fork clean. Dude. Like some
1: spaghettios, yeah, straight <laughs> oh, up. Like
2: the way he god. twists it and everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Like full blown, puts the fork in his mouth like he <laughs> ate, like he ate hangman's blood. It was fucking awesome.
0: It was so good. This match was just, it was brutal, and it had, it had great spots and great wrestling and just Jake Roberts hitting a clothesline. It was just so fun. It was just so fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I think this was my match of the week personally. This was
0: really, really good. I 100% agree with that.
1: My favorite this week was uh, Janela and. Uh... Janela and um Wagner and Dr. Jr. Wagner, yeah. This this week. Yeah, it was so good.
2: Yeah, that was that was really good too. But so yes, there was just something I there was just something about this. This was really, really good and really classic.
1: It was, yeah, this uh, is up there for me for sure.
2: Which takes us to Rampage for February eleventh. Uh we open up with Rapungi Vice versus the Young Bucks. Uh this um has been uh this was scheduled a couple weeks ago, but I think uh Rocky Romero got COVID, so they had to put it off. Um, But this match, uh, this match was good. It was really um, high intensity. You kind of get, you know, the typical stuff that you would get from, you know, both of these teams. Uh, You get cool high flying spots from both. The Bucks, you know, and their heel characters are just kind of mocking them. They mocked the best friend's hugging spot where they even did the camera angle zoom out and whatnot. Um, You had some uh, cool spots with a, a Doomsday Device knee strike to Matt Jackson on the outside. Uh, you had a Meltzer driver attempt that was reversed into a roll-up, which seems kind of natural, but I don't think I've really seen that happen all too often. Um, you had uh, Dan Danhausen in the match as well, uh, very briefly. I had to go back and watch that because we were a couple minutes late. Mm-hmm. And then uh, BTE triggered a Trent for the win. Uh, there was a, bif- a brief spot with Orange Cassidy and Cutler. He does the cold spray on Orange Cassidy, but because Orange Cassidy has sunglasses, he just no sells it. Um I thought that was kind of funny. And then uh Jay White attacks Trent, uh to set up um, I believe next week's show.
1: Yeah, Dynamite, I think.
2: Yeah, it's on Dynamite or Rampage, but that'll be that'll be exciting. It'll be exciting to see Jay White on, in an actual T V match.
1: Oh man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for that. I am so pumped for that. This match What's was he? cool. Oh go pumped ahead, go ahead.
0: Uh, one thing about the match that I noticed was um, even during the commercial break, they were hitting some crazy spots that like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we couldn't we couldn't really like we could see, but we didn't we didn't get the, the crowd reaction, which is right. like, which is like kind of pivotal. And um, so it just, it just looked it looked it was just it was a good match. It was it was a solid match. It was there was a lot of there was a lot of fun. It was fast. It was they, they were really going for it. And then like Brandon Cutler and Orange Cassidy and at the end was really fun. Uh, so, yeah uh switchblade's awesome and that match is gonna be great so i'm excited for that
1: yeah it was it was awesome uh i i love that you could tell they had a lot of chemistry they had a, a ton of matches in in new japan over the iwgp junior heavyweight championship junior heavyweight tag team championships and uh god you could tell they i wonder if they had any callbacks i don't remember those matches that well but um they probably had a bunch I of callbacks, they would have had yeah, been. yeah. So if you watch those matches, then you probably will get a lot out of this match. But it was it was very good. I had a, gr- a great time watching it.
2: Yeah. Then we had a quick uh, backstage segment with Daniel Bryan, uh, where he talks about you know the Moxley thing and said that you know I'm you know I'm still waiting for my answer there, but you know the Punk thing's not like really a setback or anything. And then he's interrupted by Matt Se- Seidel and Lee Moriarty, which sets up Lee Moriarty versus Daniel Bryan De- or Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson next week. Uh, so that should be really good. Um, Lee Moriarty is a nice up and comer. Uh, Brian Danielson's one of the best in the
1: world. So, great opportunity for Lee Moriarty to show his stuff. He's good. He's great. I loved him in GCW, and I I was happy to see him in AEW, and uh, I'm excited to see him work with a big star. Like, get that get that fucking shine. Get that rub. Absolutely. Uh, then we
2: had uh, Britt Baker versus uh, Robin Renegade. Um, I'm not sure if she's signed or if she's just been like on Dark or something. I hadn't seen her before. Uh, not really much too. This was basically a squash. Uh, Britt got 90% of the match. Acted cocky. Uh, One with a curb stomp, which she doesn't usually do. She usually she wins with the lockjaw, but she does put it on her after the match until Rosa kind of runs out for the save. Uh, then Jamie runs out to beat her up. Mercedes runs out to beat. Rosa up as well. Um, those two kind of get into a fight, kind of teasing some tension there. So, um, yeah, this was kind of just there. Um, it's nice to have Brit on TV more and whatnot and in matches, but not a whole lot to say about this particular match.
1: To me, that's the mo- that's the money feud right there. Uh, Brit Baker and Thunder Rosa. You could you could, I'll I'll never get tired of watching their matches, and this is the kind of old school. They could do the kind of old school feud that lasts months and months, maybe even a year, where you have like that big fucking blow off at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is that feud. I could I would never get tired of watching them have matches. I think that they're like perfect. They have incredible chem- chemistry. Yeah, they're really good. Together. They they fit perfect as as opponents. Like that, they need to run with this. They need to run with with Thunder Rosa Britt Baker.
0: Yeah, I think I think them uh, their feud is gonna be it's gonna be really uh, long <laughs> and I think that's a good thing that's a good thing
1: well they have history already did you see have you ever seen their uh, their lights out match I haven't you no. gotta you gotta watch yeah. it you okay. got that's, is that that's, the
0: one is that the one where Britt's face is just absolutely completely just, covered okay. in blood yeah that's the I've seen yeah. I've seen the pictures I've never watched the match though the match is oh. yeah, that match,
2: stellar. That match has gotten a lot of attention from people. Like, Again, kind of like a lot of those end of year awards is like the best match of the year. I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but it is really, really good. And mm. I, if you're into that style, I mean, it's definitely in, uh, in contention. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to watch that. It's really, that's, really good. That's,
1: that's a thing for you to do this week for sure. Absolutely. Go out of your way to watch that match. It's awesome. Just uh, top tier women's wrestling there.
2: And then uh, our next uh, match, which was, I believe, the first time that Brose has seen Hook, was Hook versus Blake before, Lee. Before we it get was. to
1: before we get to Hook, was the Layla Statlander uh, promo on this show, or was it on Dynamite? It was on this show. I can't okay. remember
2: where the placement was, but yeah, that happened here.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'll, can we talk about it since I brought it up? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I thought it was awesome. I love Layla, and I love where their feud is going, and. Uh, the, the the fucking um, line that statlander said about um, about about Layla's parents giving her up <laughs> was insane oh, God. like holy is, is shit she the
0: baby face the, she's the baby face right she's like, the baby face yeah, yeah it's,
1: i don't know but the line was so insane it was brutal <laughs> she's like i see why your parents gave you up what <laughs> the fuck <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Uh, but we know we're we we're fucking we're, we're all about layla over here so she's awesome statlander's awesome that's gonna be a good ass feud that's gonna be a brutal and it's gonna one.
2: be something that'll hopefully put layla more yeah. so on the map than she really has been so far i think a lot of people are sleeping on layla
1: yeah absolutely and she cut a great promo too like she was her english was her english is great and like she cut a good promo it was good her english doesn't really have any hint of a
2: like a russian accent or anything either
1: not much yeah it was great um yeah okay on the hook sorry the hook. <laughs> so since it was brose's first time seeing hook hook is all the rage right now probably the best up and comer in the business right now um what did you think
0: uh yeah i mean i i don't know maybe i don't get it yet because i'm new maybe maybe i don't understand it yet but get like the yeah fuck he's out of here well <laughs> listen I, i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't i don't really uh he's he he was impressive he it was it was a it was a squash match and it was just yeah it was it was cool i uh yeah uh-huh it was okay. cool there we go that's <laughs> no, okay he, i didn't get there wasn't much there you know
1: <laughs> hook is hook is money son of taz wrestles like taz he brings that style uh back that nobody's doing right now and nobody's been doing for years really
2: committed to this character too
1: really committed um doesn't do anything stupid just perfect he's everything he's doing is perfect uh in my opinion he's uh the way he carries himself uh, he carries himself like a star his wrestling is perfect like he's he's i don't I'm surprised Brosé doesn't see much in him, but I guess I understand. But uh, yeah, no, he's... I didn't.
0: I didn't mean that I didn't see much in him. I just, <laughs> I just said I, I, maybe I don't get it yet because I've only seen you. This, this one time. You know? Not that's... not a match. But that to be you're fair, contender. to
1: be fair, that's all he's had was is squash matches. Okay, so but yeah, that's... it makes sense then. Yeah. yeah, but he wrestles like his dad, and his dad didn't have many like. He even does like a lot of spots his dad's his dad did. Mm-hmm. Like he does a lot of moves. Like he even uses the Taz mission, uh rebranded the red rum. And uh he's yeah. he's uh he it's 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 literally Taz again, like Taz Taz done again, except younger, newer, more good looking, just has the whole package. Modernized. The kids
0: definitely does look good. Like he look he has he has like a look to him and, and it works. And yeah uh yeah, maybe maybe down the line when I when I see him a little bit more I'll uh you know I'll I'll see it the way you do but I just I, just, I, I don't know I don't know
1: <laughs> I feel you I feel I, you that. I liked
2: uh on commentary that like Jericho was like you know he, he's like I like this guy he doesn't play to the crowd or anything <laughs> and it's like 100% just all it's part true, of the, yeah. this package with him he just goes out like just looks cool doesn't you know get work for a pop or anything he just earns it with being a badass
1: and, and that's how you should do it I, I remember like being at like seminars and stuff when i was wrestling and they would like if it's like people would do practice matches and they would try to do things like clap to get the crowd into it or be like come on or or like try to get chance going for themselves and they'd be like why do you do that man it looks like you're begging people to give you a reaction <laughs> and and hook doesn't do that at all and i i always hate when people like it's one thing to fire up and look at the crowd or if you're like hogan like hogan would do like he would look around right like fuck hogan but you know he would look around (laughs) and like he would just give that look and then people would be into it right but like to do do, like a lot of guys will do the things where you like try to get the crowd to come to your aid and like that's not how you do it and fucking um hook is a master of like that body language and getting people to like to to cheer for him and and be into him he's got that pro wrestling magic for sure
2: yes i guess that takes us to the main event uh jurassic express versus uh gun club or the ass boys uh whatever you want to call them uh after that uh fun little segment last week i thought this was pretty good um we got some cool um stuff some cool like callbacks to um jungle boy did this uh then you know crotch chop after taking down i think austin gunn and then billy gunn just like sells it like so like, he's so pissed <laughs> he goes up to the ring like starts pointing in like the finger and wagging it at him like like how dare you steal my gimmick and whatnot uh a lot of other fun stuff um they just like all four guys in this match are really good um billy gunn and christian did some stuff on the outside uh, that would honestly be a pretty fun match to see to be honest uh, just like two vets that are, ba- are honestly both pretty underrated um and jungle boy eventually wins the match with a kill switch which is a christian's move so that's kind of cool so yeah this was a good match um there was another cool bit too where uh um i think uh there was a belt shot to jungle boy that got a near fall and like austin was already like hugging the tag belt on the outside oh that was a great try, and just looked yeah. so looked so crushed when like <laughs> <laughs> when he uh kicked out that was that was a really cool spot too
1: they're good. The 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 gun club, uh Billy Gun and the Ass Boys, they're 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 hitting it out of the park. They're fucking awesome. That's the dog and pony show I I like right there. Like when mm-hmm. I say I like a dog and pony show, that's that's what I like. Just the faction just doing wild shit. It's easy to follow, makes sense. Just solid good workers. It's it's it. I mean, like it's good. It was great. Another one of those party matches.
0: It was a lot of fun to watch. Um one thing at the end, it felt kind of uh it was chaotic, and I feel like the the camera people couldn't really uh, keep up with a lot of the stuff that was going on because like there was like a quick uh like a quick cut to Christian getting taken out, and then like uh, a quick cut to the well, no, I think it was first the the thing in the crowd, the uh, the throw into the crowd, and mm-hmm. then and then a quick cut to Christian getting taken out, and then like finally into the ring with the kill switch, and it was just like it just it felt like it was there was a lot going on, and which is like not a not a bad thing necessarily, but. Uh, I don't even remember what happened to Christian. Honestly, I just saw him on the ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he got taken out. So <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> a, just some wild ass shit. Just this it was, is it was, it was wild, wild west dog and pony show stuff. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that was that, that was AEW
0: and no.
2: GCW for this week. So yeah, it was overall a really solid week for wrestling.
1: Yeah, it was it was good. So if 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 you're not into wrestling you've been listening to us thank you for giving us a chance hopefully this maybe gives you an understanding of wrestling and we really wanted to try to make this podcast to where somebody that doesn't know a lot about wrestling or is the lapsed fan coming back to wrestling um, be able to kind of like understand what we're trying to say and uh, so if you have feedback on that i'd love to know people out there that don't watch wrestling i'd love to know what you thought or if you're following what we're saying and things like that if it's interesting to listen to our community is a lot to us and since our community is a lot to us we love to take uh community questions so people that use the hashtag ask monster pop uh we've got some questions from you guys and girls this week that we would like to cover we've got one left over from last week Should we start with that yeah we can start with that
2: all right so our top five wrestlers of all time
1: oh that's a good one all right i'll let brose start
0: Okay, so my uh my number one and always will be my number one is Eddie Guerrero. Um he's he's Eddie Guerrero, you know, and uh someone we lost too soon. I think uh I think if he was alive even to this day, he'd probably be in that ring. So uh he just had a, a certain flavor. Uh it, it was it was un unmatched, unmatched. Um the top of that, probably second is probably Shawn Michaels. I like Shawn Michaels. Uh, I like the you know, uh, when he came back and he was just like putting on bangers and just maybe not uh Saudi show Shawn Michael. but um, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, also let's see, third probably uh, I really like Kurt Angle. Uh, Kurt Angle did like he, you know, everyone knows Kurt Angle, he did great stuff in WWE, but he also did. Uh, really, really good matches in TNA, uh, especially with like Samoa Joe and stuff. Um so yeah, Kurt Angles, uh Kurt Angles on there. Uh I think mm, AJ. AJ's definitely in my top five. Um he's put on bangers everywhere he's been. Uh, AJ Styles just for AJ Styles, right? yeah. <laughs> no, I meant AJ Lee. No, AJ Lee's cool <laughs> too. Um Well I mean there's AJ Gray. There's, yeah, there's a whole true, lot of AJ's a lot of AJ's. <laughs> AJ Styles, yeah. He's uh he's someone who's literally been everywhere and literally had great matches everywhere he's been. Um, and then I think I have to put, I think uh number five, I have to put Taker cause like he's Taker. Uh, he, he's maybe, maybe not so much, uh, towards the end of his career. Uh, they weren't, the matches weren't great, but you know, he did, uh, he, he's just Taker, you know, he's Taker. Everyone yeah, always Taker. have that aura. He always has that yeah it's char- best best character in wrestling uh of all time honestly and uh yeah so yeah my top five pretty easy
1: those are good choices those are real good choices what about you uh EOD all right yeah so I get um I should put a lot of
2: thought into this I mean there's some that like I, I think are kind of relatively inflexible others like if you honestly if you ask me again next week i might change a few of these uh just because like i like so many people but uh actually quite a few similar to uh brose but um kind of like in not necessarily in a particular ranked order but just sort of semi-chronologically uh Sha michaels honestly just one of my favorites uh, the thing that honestly submitted uh him as like one of my favorites was uh, i love a good troll and the promo where he like played bret's bret hart's music in canada is just a classic segment, and I just absolutely love it. Um, Then I would say uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, my cousin who really got me into wrestling. It's his favorite wrestler, and I can't honestly disagree. He's really um, had just like a really fun energy to him throughout like his Attitude Era run um, and like, you know, never had a really dull or boring segment to speak of. Uh, Next, I would say Kurt Angle. Um, Just loved Kurt Angle in any capacity that I saw him in. Um, it was a little sad, kind of his last run, and just seeing how much he was like beaten down and whatnot. But I, you know, still really love him. I'm still really bitter that Baron Corbin was his retirement match. But
1: oh my god, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh well. Um, and then a couple people who are a little bit more modern, um, Brian Danielson. Um, I, re- I was kind of a little bit more of a late comer to him in the sense that. In WWE, I thought he was, like, that was where I discovered him. I thought he was a little overrated at first, um, just because, like, it's kind of really hard to tell just how skilled some people are with just the way the WWE system works. But uh, when I really got to see, like, him, like, really delve into his character work, especially that heel run that he had as, like, the Planet's Champion with the hemp belt and all that stuff, um, I just loved it. It was, like, every minute he was on TV was must-watch for me. Uh, And then last up, kind of following up on my uh, got-hooked moment, is uh, Kenny Omega, just... Um, anything that he's done has really just captivated my attention and whatnot uh, his whole title run um, in AEW was incredible and yeah those are my top 5
1: those are good too uh, my top 5 um, no particular order I don't want to like put any of these guys in order and, and honestly this, this changes for me all the time because I'm always like learning about stuff and, and uh, studying and as I learn and understand wrestling more Um, as I get older, like, it changes for me then, too. But right now, I'd have to say, okay, so number five, Kenta Kobashi. Um, dude's amazing. Fucking, he could have been a big star even in America. Um, just oozes charisma, has the most brutal matches, has that, like, fighting spirit style and, uh, King's Road style. He's just fucking, I don't know, he's great. He's just... Those early... Those 90s All Japan matches and just... Uh, he was a big influence on me when I was wrestling. Like, I was very much into him and I was just... I was doing a lot of shit that he does. And uh, <laughs> I liked him a lot. Um, Samoa Joe is on that list. He's uh, he's one of those guys that you can buy into. He kind of makes his spot and... Um, you just he's believable he's just i i I love that about him he's a really great wrestler he's believable he cuts fire promos um he's like the one guy that you could put it that you that they put it brock lesnar against that you believe could fucking destroy brock lesnar like he's up there man his two-year title reign in ring of honor was uh was just unreal Uh, brian danielson is another one same thing ring of honor world championship run is just top tier he made everybody he had matches with and that's one of the things that i always see like people that just make other wrestlers that make wrestling better and danielson is such a great wrestler that he made every single person that he was in the ring with uh, while he was champion in ring of honor one of the best title runs i've ever seen um I'm kind of iffy on Ric Flair on as a person, but Ric Flair is definitely one of the greatest of all time. Uh, another guy that made people uh, look great, uh, that made wrestling better, made people that he was in the ring with. He also had a you know he's epic title reigns, NWA World Champion. Uh, he's like one of the few guys that you know that has signature moves, but they're all moves giving somebody else like giving like taking the flare flop uh getting thrown off the top rope things like that (laughs) a lot of his stuff is like somebody fucking him up and i thought that's just so cool and selfless as a wrestler and um he's definitely one of the all-time greats uh for me uh what am i does that four who who, it's such a it's such a hard decision for me um god this is, a, this is this is this is going to be a really 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 surprising one, but um, it's a really it's a toss up between two very different wrestlers, uh, Nick Gage and <laughs> straight up Nick Gage and uh, Kazuchika Okada. Okada is another okay. one of the another one of those guys that makes everybody he's in the ring with his title rank, his uh, most not this current one, but the one before. Um in new japan as iwgp world heavyweight champion was just well just heavyweight
2: champion right? it's
1: uh well yeah heavyweight champion it's a world championship though so he's uh just he was the best and he he's still up there he's still top three in the world right now and i think we're kind of living through one of the most golden eras of pro wrestling in history and some people don't even realize it like you say what you want about the attitude era but this era of actual wrestling is the golden era and uh Kazuchikata he kind of leads that uh, for everybody he um yeah his fucking title reign that made Kenny Omega um everybody you watched it was you were just glued to see what he was gonna do like he's he's incredible and then Nick Gage is just he's he's pure pro wrestling magic. he's not very good but he knows how to tell a story and he knows how to make you feel for him. He connects with rest. He connects with the fans that watch him in a way that almost nobody else can do. And, uh, that's rare. It's rare for, it's rare to find a wrestler that can connect with people the way he does. Um, he believes in what he's doing. He's, he sticks to his character. He's always Nick gauge no matter where he is or what he's doing. And he has a lot of respect for wrestling in that way. And, uh, He's one of my favorites of all time, straight up. Can I make a quick comment
2: about you and Nick Gage?
1: What about me and Nick Gage?
2: All right, so this guy, when that Dark Side of the Ring uh, episode about Nick Gage came out, <laughs> and when the the Matt Cardona and Nick Gage match happened, would show everyone who would entertain him, or like even didn't want to see these matches, he would force them to watch that, he would force them to watch the documentary, and... You were obsessed with Nick Gage. for I like was, I a was. couple months
1: span. <laughs> I was. I'm still obsessed with Nick Gage. I know. But like like the thing is is I wanna see like when I would show people like Nick Gage stuff, I wanna see how their reaction to him. I wanna see people that don't like wrestling, like how they take Nick Gage, like how they like how they react to Nick Gage. And uh some people reacted really well and some people still didn't give a fuck but like i wanted to see like how people like reacted and and to nick gage because i think i feel like he he kind of transcends that um just a wrestler person and connect with maybe just about anybody and uh that was my theory and i wanted to see i was i was always so excited to show people a nick gage match or that dark side of the ring episode uh uh that he had and um you should uh you should seek it out. If you haven't seen those yourself, <laughs> seek it out. I want to know your your opinion on it. <laughs> we got another question. Would you like to take the next question, Mr. Brose?
0: Yes, sure. Okay, so I have one from at Sloppy Hose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Who has the best entrance gimmick slash entrance music of all time? He says top five, but let's just go with our, our favorite, our, our one, our one. Okay. Um, so I have a couple in, in like that, that go through my head when I think of entrance musics, but there's something about, uh, Malachi Black while well, he was Alistair Black, um, his NXT entrance, everyone just singing and yeah, just was super good and just yeah. him coming up like he's Dracula and the, the step off and it was just, uh, the music was so good. I'll listen to that now, like, while you know, just. Vibe and I'll just listen to his entrance music, and um, it's a good band. Was,
1: Shout out to Incendiary,
0: absolutely, and and just just the the whole, the entire crowd just just singing the singing along. It was it was so good, so good.
1: I like his I, I like his entrance even better now. Like the the darkness and the fucking mm-hmm. mask and stuff like that. I like that shit. It's good.
2: I don't think the dude could have a bad entrance.
1: He can't. He's very cool. Uh, for me it's uh man that's a tough one man oh my gosh that is absolute an absolute tough one um I loved it's hard to like pin down like the greatest of all time maybe like Sandman I, you know what I gotta say Nick gage again i was gonna say yeah. I was gonna, yeah it's it's Nick gage it's absolutely Nick gage and uh especially if you like my favorite one that I've seen like he does this has happens to him all the time right but like we talked about GCW being like the punk rock company right and when Nick Gage comes out I mean there he doesn't come out to punk rock or anything he comes out to Metallica but he would do what Sandman does he comes through the crowd right but in GCW like everybody swarms him like I said there's no barricades or anything in GCW but everybody swarms him like not even like a mosh pit like it's it's like grown men and women Rush him the way, like, 14-year-old girls try to rush fucking Backstreet Boys or some shit. <laughs> like a boy band. And it's crazy. And everybody's tapping him on the shoulders. And they push him. Like, he encourages people to push him and stuff like that. And then he pushes him back. And it's, like, shaking hands for Nick Gage. And uh, it's it's epic. If you've never seen a Nick Gage entrance, I, like, watch his... Entrance with his match with Matt Cardona. It's just fucking unreal. Like, you don't even see him. uh, Half of the time, you don't even see him because he's covered in a sea of people. And he's, like, pushing his way through to the ring. It's just an unreal fucking thing. And it's it's long. The fucking... The entrance is long. And... uh, God, when he finally gets to the ring and they announce him, he's got the longest intro ever. But, dude, there is nothing that gives me goosebumps more than <laughs> whenever they announce him and they're like, he's MDK, and everybody goes, all fucking day. Nothing gives me goosebumps more in wrestling than that fucking part. It's so cool, dude. Like, just the whole thing. So I'm going to go with Nick Gage. Yeah, those are all really solid choices.
2: I guess the, the one I would add, um, like, I mean, like Undertaker like, c- kind of comes up naturally, too. Um, I think as I grew older, I kind of, like, developed less patience for it to be honest <laughs> um but uh i honestly i think like kane had like a really awesome entrance like when he like first debuted i mean especially the initial one right when he like came out to like rip open the cage and whatnot but i think like he stands out as always having like really cool entrance like the red lights and stuff like that and the music was cool um yeah that's who i would kind of add to that list but yeah both i mean malachi or alistair black are really good entrances nick Gage obviously it's just a really energetic entrance and I mean it's no wonder that they had to cut his match short at the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom right you know, when his entrance is always <laughs> yeah, longer than the match itself.
1: <laughs> Alright let's take another question let's see what do we have here ah this is a really good one I think um, sarcastic wheat says did anyone ever figure out what the rock was cooking <laughs> okay That's funny, but he actually did have a really good question. Also, what's your opinion about wrestlers leaving wrestling to pursue acting careers? Um, I'm all about it. I think it's cool. Uh, I I don't necessarily like when they leave wrestling forever to do acting careers because I know like Hollywood kind of frowns on wrestling. So they kind of leave wrestling in their rear view mirror, not because they probably want to, but because they um, they just, you know it'll be bad for their fucking rep. So, (laughs) but I I think it's great. I mean, anytime a wrestler can get into the mainstream and be in some movies and be seen uh, by other people, that's good for wrestling to me. I think that's great for wrestling. So I'm all about it. Um, It's, I don't like when celebrities come into wrestling, but when wrestlers become celebrities in a, in, in a different medium, I I like it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it's a hard business to like maintain your, entire life right you know acting definitely has a bit more longevity to it but you're not taking you know constant bumps or other injury risking performances and whatnot at least usually um so yeah i mean i think it's you know it's it's good that they can do that i mean if you have the ability to you know make a career as an actor then yeah like i'm totally
1: fine with it make so they make some money i'm all i'm i support that you know they make some money without having to fill their bump card then that's a good thing
0: yeah absolutely and like especially when they become like so mainstream like like rock and cena and you know uh even stone cold to some extent like they all have like really they all have acting chops they could do it and um them them still maintaining their relevance even you know 20 years after their after their initial run in uh, in like you know WWE or any other organization um i think it's a it's a good thing it, it gets eyes on the on the product it's good I like it.
1: Agreed. I, I have a, I have a question here from uh, from uh, my friend Wesley. He asked me to uh, answer this question on the show like a week ago, and I forgot to bring it up last <laughs> week. But he asked, why don't we see more co-ed matches or intergender wrestling matches because um, the match between Tessa and Sammy Callahan was so good. Um, I agree with you that that match was amazing. I don't think that... Um, man, this might be controversial. It's not palatable for a mainstream audience. It's not necessarily palatable for all mainstream audience. With that said, it is very popular with the mainstream audience, but not for the reasons that people want it to be. Like if you look at intergender wrestling on YouTube, they get insane views, like crazy Mm -hmm. amounts of views, like millions and millions and millions of views. And the thing is, is I don't think people are watching it because they want to see a good wrestling match between a man and a woman. I think a lot of people watch it because it's some kind of sick perversion. And, Um, but as far as like wrestling that we see, like sometimes, like you said, it's not very palatable and sometimes it's not believable. I'll just be honest and say it's not believable sometimes. Um, especially when there's like a big size difference, Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan was phenomenal, but Tessa Blanchard is believable. She's really good. She wrestles on that level. She's incredible. I know she's got like her controversy, but she's like, I'll just... As far as like the match goes, like she's she was really good. Uh, somebody like Jazz back in the day, ECW Jazz was mm-hmm. wrestling men, and she was she's believable. She's that good, and uh, I think that there's a lot to, that goes into that to, uh, to decide. Like I don't want to see Riho wrestle Keith Lee. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to see that. Or, or and, and you know, what? and if I did want to see that, I don't want to see Keith Lee sell for Riho. So we saw a match on GCW where. AJ Gray was selling a lot for Alley Catch, and I don't like that. I'm sorry, I don't like that stuff. Um, I don't mind them having a match because I think Alley Catch can be believable against somebody like AJ Gray, but you got to do it right, and I don't think they did it right. I didn't even finish watching the match to be honest, and I—that's I, I why was, we didn't review it. Yeah, I hated it. I didn't like seeing AJ Gray sell so much, and I—I I just skipped it, even though AJ Gray is awesome and Alley Catch is fine. I just skipped it, so. Um, but I, I, I think, like I said, I, I don't, I'm sure that we'll see some more stuff in the future. I know AEW's kind of dipped their toes in it with some intergender tag team matches and things like that. And they don't have like the same exact restriction restrictions that like WWE does. WWE doesn't even allow men to, they don't allow men to wrestle women or anything like that, which I get. But at the same time, what's the point of even doing an intergender match if you're not going to put people on the same playing field? Everybody knows it's a work. Everybody knows it's not real. Everybody knows you're telling a story or, or putting on a show. So, who cares, right?
0: Exactly. What, I 100% agree with you, Joey. And it's no. just like uh, they try. You know, they try to do the what did they do? Uh, uh, Ambrose versus Nia Jax oh, god, on his way yeah. out, and dude, it was it was laughable. Oh no, my god! Just, well, it they just wasn't that. good. Yeah,
1: yeah, and Nia Jax was a was a good size, but she fucking sucks, and she that and that's <laughs> well, why that it wasn't believable. The Rumble
0: too, right?
1: Yeah, you have to be good and a good size to to, to for it to be believable. You have to have like everything, like
0: like China, like literally. China, yeah, she China,
1: Jazz, like I said, Jazz, uh, tessa Blanchard, um, yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, Aja Kong, mm-hmm. awesome well, Kong. I-
2: when I think, too, like, you know, the way they did it in uh, WWE, like, a few times that they've done it, right, like, they obviously had, like, the Nia Jax thing in the Rumble. Like, it gets, like, this big crowd reaction. And same, like, when, um, you know, when Stephanie's like, you know, ringside for a Triple H match, and, like, like I know there's, like, the mania where, like, Roman speared her. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, the crowd got really excited. Like, the only time they probably, like, cheered Roman in his entire face run um, was that one moment. And, again, it's not because, like, people are entertained by it for like a good reason it's that you know they like seeing a woman getting beaten up and that's that's kind of the issue that's why you don't really see a lot of it
1: i've seen i've seen realistic matches of men versus women and in uh, japan i've seen a match between minoru suzuki and uh and asuka when uh, she yeah. back then and um she wanted the match to be realistic and it was realistic and it's extremely uncomfortable to watch and uh, you don't want to go. You don't want to look out. You don't want to find that match. It's <laughs> it's it's crazy. And and she did it because she wanted respect from Suzuki and stuff. And Minoru Suzuki is one of the greatest of all time. But like it's fucking hard to watch. You don't want to see that shit. So it's it's a, it's a double edged, It's a double edged sword because. <sighs> you know maybe you do want to see a good women's wrestler versus a good re- uh, male wrestler and I think Tessa versus Sammy was a really great experience was a really great uh, example they had great matches and but it's not always going to be like that you're either going to cringe or roll your eyes or it's going to be uncomfortable so
0: uh, I have another question let's hear it here um, from Daniel Nelson TV uh, if you could See any match again in person from any era of wrestling, which one would you want to see and why?
2: Is that the one that says in person?
0: Uh, in person, yes.
1: Okay, Ooh.
0: um, so I don't think it, ha- it has to be like one that we actually saw in person, yeah, su- one that we want to see in person, would want yeah, to see
1: the go back in time and see it in person, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: I so I have one, um, it's one of my favorite matches of all time. It's uh Edge versus, uh, Mick Foley at Mania. Mm. Um, I just, it was, it was watching it on TV. was, you know, it was car wreck TV. You couldn't, you couldn't like stop looking and stop watching. Um, I think seeing that in person would have been crazy. The fire and the, and just the, the tax and the barbed wire. And, um, yeah, I think that would have been a great match to watch in person, like front row, just smelling mixed skin burning and just it would have been it would have been really cool to uh to be there for that.
1: Uh mine is this is it's a tough one for me, but I think Kinta Kobashi would have been uh Kobashi versus Samoa Joe would have been awesome in Ring of Honor. Uh when they brought uh Kobashi um to America. I think it was for the first time. And the crowd is just fucking ballistic. It was one of the, it's still one of the craziest crowds I've ever seen. I believe it was at the Manhattan center in New York. And I would have loved to have been there. Uh, the other one would have been like it, it, it was, it would have been another ring of honor match. And it's, it's, it's kind of ties in with the story I have. But, um, a long time ago, uh, me and my friend Davey, we were really into, and we we're into ring of honor. And he's like, let's go to Chicago and fucking go see the big super show or whatever. And, I was like, okay, let me see if I can get off work. And I was really excited, but then like I was young and I was stupid and my job was like, oh, we need you, we need you. And then sometimes when you have a job like that, you kind of like believe too much in the job. <laughs> so I'm like, they need me. I can't go. And I wish. I wish I would have just said, "Hey, look, I really want to go to this." Because I'll I'll will regret it. I regret it for I still regret it to this day that I didn't go to Chicago with them and uh watch Supercard of Honor. Because there were some great matches on that show. I think Brian Danielson wrestled Lance Storm. Um, I believe there was another. Uh, there was Brian Danielson versus Roderick Strong match. Uh, and then the craziest one was uh, when they brought Dragon Gate to America for the first time, and they had one of the most fucking eye popping, insane matches anybody had ever seen. Just fast paced, high flying thing, and it still holds up to this day. I've watched it recently. And it still holds up to this day. And I wish I was have been there for that because the crowd went so crazy. It was crazy. I've I've seen very few crowds be that insane since this since that time. And I, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. So if you ever have a chance to go see a cool wrestling show and you just know in your heart you should go, dude, fuck work. Tell them that you got shit to do. <laughs> just go. Just fucking go.
2: So my answer, I guess... Um just for the environment, honestly, that uh the WWE ECW One Night Stand, the first one with the mm. RVD versus um, John Cena, I think just for like the environment in that match, that would have been really fun to be at in person.
1: I agree. That would been that, that would have been sick. I would have loved to go to, to One Night Stand. We I remember we watched that live on pay per view and it was fun. It's a big group of us. It was fun. All right, we have any more questions?
0: Uh, we have uh, we have. Quite a bit actually yeah. from we'll the see. past two weeks. Um here we go. Uh from Lucha Bear seven seven seven. Uh favorite comedy act. Jimmy Wang Yang, cheeseburger, OG New Day, and head cheese. Uh for him. Okay. Um Dude, I I love comedy and wrestling. Like, <laughs> it's fun. It makes it makes uh I think it makes it makes for good TV. And I think um back in, you know, the the ruthless, ruthless aggression era, quote unquote. Um, I think Jimmy Wang Yang was my favorite guy. <laughs> it was just it was just super fun to watch him just, you know, dance around when he was when he was coming down to the ring and then like he could also he was he was a great cruiserweight. Um, so yeah, I think uh I don't want to piggyback off of off of Lucha Bear, but I'd say I'd say Jimmy Wang Yang is probably one of my favorite comedy wrestlers. What about you? What about you EOD? Um, can
2: I, like, is Freight Train from $5 Wrestling an appropriate answer here? Like, he's I, not explicitly a comedy act per se, but it's hard to think of someone
1: funnier than him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess that counts, yeah. Freight Train's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. honestly,
2: like, their whole roster is hilarious, but, like, Freight Train, just, the way he cuts promos and everything, and the way he, like, does certain moves and whatnot, like... I, I love him. I'm a huge fan, but it's he is hilarious. If you I haven't watched uh, a Freight Train thing, if, uh, particularly, I mean, he does use some choice language in it, but uh, if you can ever hunt down his promo with uh, Eugene, um, who I guess was also a comedy act himself, but that was a pretty tasteless one. Uh, but if you can ever find the promo for that, uh, I would advise you watch It is hilarious, but be warned, there's some
1: choice language in it. Freight train. I, I would agree with you about freight train. I don't want to say freight train or anybody else, even though I, I love freight train. And you're right, five dollar wrestling is super funny. But um, I don't really want to think about them as comedy acts because I feel like a lot of them take themselves very seriously. <laughs> and so, uh, but the the answer for me is really easy. Colt. I have two. Colt Cabana and mm-hmm. uh and Manscout. Jake Manning are my two favorite comedy acts. Um, Manscout is obscenely underrated i wish i hope i hope to see him get his fucking uh get his fucking do one day he's great and colt cabana just uh i know he's not doing a whole lot now in uh in aew but man i've been following colt cabana since uh mid-2000s and he's great he's 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 not only a great wrestler but he also does comedy great so he's like got everything to me so at one time I, I called him my favorite wrestler straight up like at, during a time. So Colt I need to go back
2: and watch some of his older stuff because I mean, I love him too, but it was like um, mostly off the back of like his $5 wrestling commentary mm-hmm. where he is hilarious, but I haven't seen like a ton of his in-ring work
1: from his stuff then either. His, my favorite stuff is definitely his stuff from Ring of Honor, um, but he, he even did some great like uh, serious stuff. Like his feud with Homicide was incredible. And there was like crazy stuff where homicide was like, uh, like pour drano down his throat and like all sorts of crazy shit. And they got real serious, and it was awesome. It's it was cool to see Colt Cabana be serious. And then like after the feud was over, he went right back to being funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great. All right, next question. What do we got? What question? What list are you looking at?
0: I'm looking through uh, my replies from... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we do have a lot of lists. As oh, like okay. In the future, we're going to consolidate this.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, let's, whatever let's, we haven't answered. Let's answer one more good, solid one.
0: This one is... Uh, it's really loaded. It's a loaded question. Okay? okay. So, if you could be a wrestler, which we know Joey was, uh, what would your gimmick be? What finisher would you use? And bonus points, who would you want your rival to be?
1: Oh, okay um, i'll let y'all go first
0: this one's it's hard right because like we all thought of, like when we were younger we all thought about like who would we who would we want to wrestle and like what we would be doing um i i don't really know i never really never really could put my finger on what i wanted to do i always had a finisher and it was it was uh it was like the 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 white Russian leg suite that Sandman did. <laughs> I always had that. And I was like, I could do that. I want to do that. Um, I don't think I could have really like, I don't know. I couldn't cut it as a wrestler. I'm not, I'm not exactly the most uh, in shape guy. Um, but I don't know, maybe some sort of like, uh, uh, I'd probably be a comedy wrestler. Cause I feel like I'm a little, a little funny. I look kind of funny. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd probably be some sort of comedy act and I'd want uh I want a rivalry with uh, uh Doink the Clown because <laughs> I don't know, it sounds like it would be fun. <laughs> that, that that would be my my wrestling uh gimmick and and uh rival.
2: <laughs> now would your uh rivalry be maybe with like the more goofy Doink the Clown or like the more like serious, like Pennywise type. I'd wanna do the Clown. Penny
0: Pennywise Doink the Clown. Like he's just really mad that like I'm funny and he's just like mad about it, you know? So he wants to he wants to take me out and I take him out with a with a Russian leg sweep. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: yeah, this is an interesting question. Um I guess I mean I, frankly I've always like if I ever like pictured myself in this world like I'm not a particularly big guy or anything, so I kind of always would have seen myself more as like a manager to be honest. Um but like you know, I guess if like if I had to be like someone in the ring like uh, for finisher i'd probably just honestly just do like a super kick or something like I, i'm not too afraid to go up on the top rope to be frank <laughs> and uh i love the
1: self-awareness of this answer
2: yeah you know like i'm a self-aware kind of guy <laughs> but uh yeah so that and i don't know what my gimmick would be or who my rival would be. i guess like i don't know some like lower like mid-card guy like some like lower mid-card baby face would be my rival that i would just like try to like bury at any moment um just like really just destroy their credibility like obviously like you know in a cave sense not like you know like they probably get their come comeuppance ins- on me in the end but that would probably be what i would do um yeah i don't really know what my i guess my gimmick would probably just be something a little bit more like serious maybe something a little bit more like just kind of like someone who just like runs people down verbally and can't necessarily back it up in the ring so very <laughs> self-aware i guess but uh <laughs> that's my answer
1: that's a tough one for me. Uh, even though I was a professional wrestler, I never really came into my own back then, uh, before I, I stopped wrestling, but I did find that I love to talk on the mic. I loved to talk shit. I'm kind of a rabble rouser, rebellious kind of character. And, um, I loved Japanese wrestling, especially old school Japanese wrestling. I was doing a lariat as a finish, also a regal plex. um, I like to do a lot of suplexes and things like that. Um, that's that's what I did. I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really gimmicky, but I tried to do things that would stand out. But um, I wasn't really super gimmicky. But no, I like to be a rabble rouser, something kind of like a, what Kevin Owens is doing now or something. Not now, but what he was doing. And uh, that's what I did. I don't know what I, if I if I were a wrestler now. Um, I would probably try to pick something, um, a, a move that I could do to anyone. I don't know what it would be, but it would be something that I could do to anyone, no matter how big or tall they were or how small they were. I think those are the best finishes and uh, something that you could work up to, like that would make sense, like if, like, like a Bret Hart working the leg to go for the sharpshooter or something. I also use the Indian Death Lock, which I think I would still use today. It's such a good move to like open yourself up for especially in like tag matches for uh, for people to break up a pin or something like that. I think there was there's a match that I did where uh, I did the Indian death lock and then when I went when I fell back for it, it was a three way match. Um, another guy did a four fifty splash onto me. And then so my leg was hooked into the person in the Indian Deathlock, so I couldn't kick out, and that's how I got pinned. I I love that finish till to this day. It was, cool. it, was a good, it was a good finish and um so but now yeah i would pick something that i would probably still be the same kind of character but maybe not so over the top and i think i would be better at cutting promos now um and i would definitely be more serious i wouldn't be so like a silly heel kind of thing that's what i would do now and who would you want as your rival um my my biggest rival when i was wrestling was a guy named solid gold greg simons and i love greg he's great and i miss him very much even though we haven't talked in a long time uh he's a good person has a great family and uh, i hope he's doing well um but we had a we had a pretty uh, long-standing rivalry on the indies and uh but man nowadays and i would just love to I think I would work really well with someone, like, kind of straight-laced. Like a straight-laced baby face. Um, man, who could it be? Who would it be? Why am I drawing a blank? Would you constitute someone like a jungle
2: boy in that category?
1: Yeah, I think jungle boy would be a good one. Yeah, somebody that's very, like... Uh, not like white meat baby face like a very pure baby face would be i think i would uh work really well with nick gage would be somebody i think i would work really well with you know um just somebody that people really like a lot and uh would do anything for i would just love to piss people off about it so i think that's who i would pick i'd love to wrestle nick yeah i think i think nick gage would be great yeah now that i think about it i'd be i'd have a lot of fun with that i think I would say some mean shit, <laughs> <laughs> but I would still love Nick Gage. So <laughs> that's how that'd be a, great
2: y'all are. Yeah. Right. You know, in a non-gay fabe sense, you know, you're, that'd you be develop fun. a relationship with these people.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I would love the heat that I would get from working with somebody like Nick Gage. It'd be great. <laughs>
2: Gotta go for that Matt Cardona heat.
1: Straight up. I'd, I'd make it worse. I think I'd do. I think I, I think I'd, I, would I think I would get more heat. I, 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 go to places
2: he was afraid to
1: i'd be different i'd do different things yeah no yeah i would do different things like matt cardona is kind of uh like he's he's good and but he's kind of he kind of wrestled like a chicken shit as a heel which is fine Mm -hmm. which is good which is good for what he's doing i wouldn't be a chicken shit i would do things that would make people really mad so (laughs) they would they'd they'd be scared for nick (laughs) (laughs) and then nick would overcome that was a great question, man. That was a that really, was really good, good.
0: It's good yeah. one. Loaded. I, I told you it was a loaded question. You know? It was very
1: yeah. loaded, yeah. But yeah, that's our that's our show for this week. We already went two out, over two hours this week. Um, Probably editing quite a bit out, though. We did, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we actually talked about more stuff in the same amount of time. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for giving us questions and stuff like that. Thank you so much for all the listeners. We're getting a lot of listens. And like, holy shit, that's insane. I appreciate it. Uh, we all appreciate it. Uh, we have so, like we said last week, we have so much cool shit planned for you guys. So please stay tuned and thank you for going on, going with us on this journey uh, as we take Monster Pop to the next level.
0: Hell yeah! Thank you guys so much, so much for listening. Uh, we hope you uh, you enjoyed and uh, make sure you follow us on the socials. It's good things on there.
2: See you guys next week. It's been fun. Bye.